With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, good morning for hour number two of a Handle on the Law. And it's raining outside. And we've got more rain coming in. And we've got storms aplenty. And it's uh, just going to keep on raining. It's like Seattle. Why not? Don't even bother moving to Seattle anymore. All right. Uh, phone number 800 520 534. That's uh, 800-520-1534. Best time to call, of course, top of the hour. Also, a quick mention uh, about a uh, an exclusive private, uh, private party that we are holding at Morongo Casino. And it's Thursday night and Friday morning, February 21 and 22. You'll stay at the hotel. That's Morongo. Thursday night. And that evening, there's a private cocktail party with me and my morning crew. And that's followed by a slot tournament hosted by Wayne Resnick, Jennifer Jones-Lee, executive producer Michelle. And there will be prizes. The next morning, a live morning broadcast. Very rare. Where we invite you to join us with a private breakfast buffet while we're broadcasting. And it's happening on Thursday, February 21. So call Morongo and ask about... Bill Handel's Package, that is what they're naming it. Just call and say, uh, I want to know about Bill Handel's Package. They will take the information, tell you it's not very impressive, and uh, you can uh, sign up and join us on Thursday evening, February 21, and the next morning. Call 888-MORONGO, 888-MORONGO. And um, we'll see you there if you show up. And if you don't, uh, strangely enough, we won't see you there. Man, am I good at this stuff, huh? Or what? This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice where I tell you you have absolutely no case whatsoever. All right. Uh, this is uh, New York. There's a woman who is suing a hospital after uh, the hospital led her to believe that a brain-dead man was her brother in fact, when the brother was uh, in the in jail uh, in New York, and the man who lay dying was actually a stranger with a similar name, had much the same name. So uh, the uh, hospital asks that she give consent to uh, have her quote brother taken off life support, and they did. He died, and then discovered that her real sibling was in jail, and she had just accidentally sent a stranger to his death. And she's suing the a hospital big time over the case of mistaken identity. Now, I don't know how uh, liable the hospital is going to be on that one. She said, I nearly fainted because I killed someone that I didn't, didn't even know. I gave consent. So she goes to the hospital. She is um, informed uh, of uh, what's going on. 
And uh, the hospital says your brother's been admitted unconscious for an apparent drug overdose. And uh, they, uh, a few days later, she pulls the plug. Right? So uh, the guy who was admitted had the same name as her brother. And had the same, and was the same guy who had been in before, who all had, they all had the same name. And so the hospital sees Social Security uh, card in uh, the fellow's wallet, the one they killed. And uh, so um, there they go. There are all the paperwork. So she couldn't recognize him because his face is all swollen, tubes coming in and out of his face. So uh, no one could recognize, recognize him. And so seeing she had no other choice, her brother was going to die. She had to pull the plug. He was brain dead. Uh, she calls her, the relatives to say goodbye. One of uh, this man's two teenage daughters was hysterical, holding his hand, kissing him, crying. And uh, it turns out the medical examiner a few weeks later uh, discovered the problem. She is suing the hospital because of the horrible situation they put her in. She sent someone to death to, to his death who was already brain dead, by the way. In the meantime, her brother, who she thought was dead, was sitting in jail, and he's doing fine. You wouldn't, th- you wouldn't think that she would be thanking the hospital and being so relieved. Nah. So, of course, she's suing uh, for unbelievable anguish and uh, hyster- hysteria, and she'll never be able to sleep again. And uh, every time uh, she sees uh, on TV a life support machine, she goes out of her mind. Every time she sees anything with a tube in it, she goes out of her mind. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, uh, I don't know where to go with this, but it, it where was the negligence, as I want to know. Same name, uh, same guy who'd been in before. So I don't know. Where do you go with that? If I were uh, a juror on this one, I, I wouldn't give a whole lot of money. I really wouldn't. All right. Uh, Clarence. Uh, yes, Clarence, you're up. Welcome. I live in a senior place for three and a half years, and I didn't know it was infested with roaches because I came from another state. Okay, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because they don't have roaches in the other state, and this was a surprise? You've never seen them before? No, I didn't. I had had never seen roaches. I was in Minnesota, so I had no roaches until I came out here and moved into place. I had never seen these many roaches in my life and didn't. Uh, the people don't ever address the roaches when they come every year to raise the rent. They come in your house and they take a paper and tell you you can't have pictures on the walls, tape on the wall, but they never look in the drawers to see if the roaches are bad or nothing. And they always do this. And I, I, the dude has, uh, has been harassing it almost. He'll come in here and say some derogatory stuff about the place when there's nothing wrong with his problem. Okay. He don't address nothing. All right. I got it. But Understood. what I'm doing. All right. Understood. So what's your question, Clarence? How do I do anything legal? Because so, I have an electric wheelchair that's brand new, and, and, and I want to... All right, Clarence, so how... I all right. Pay for the roaches all in right. My station. Clarence, how, how much of a fight you want to get into? Well, I don't really want to get into Oh, fight. you're going to. If you're not gonna if they're not dealing with the roaches, you're gonna get into a fight. So what are you well, preparing? I wanna I wanna do this until I have time enough to find me a Okay, place. so Clarence I wanna make them responsible. No, I get it. Oh, they are and they are wheelchair. Clarence and they are responsible. So uh we're on the same page here. I, I would first 
Uh, yeah, I would first uh, let your landlord know that you are infested with roaches and you are not going to pay the rent until they are taken care of because that is the law. That's a habitability issue. So they have to take care of it. And when I asked you how far are you willing to go on this, they're probably going to evict you or try to evict you for non-payment of rent. You have to answer the complaint. Take lots of pictures of the roaches, by the way. Lots and lots of pictures of roaches all over the place. And then you simply go to court. You'll win. You'll win, Clarence. No question about it. Do I have to do it in the city where I'm in, or can I do it downtown? LA? No, they're going. No, they're going. It's wherever they sue you, Clarence. And I'm assuming. Do you live? Where, what city do you live in? Huntington Park. Okay, they have to do it there. And if I file the papers in small claims court, I have to do it here too. No, because what are you going to find? You're going to file a, a small claims court uh, a suit, and what are your damages? The court, the small. My wheelchair. I know, but the court. No, 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 Clarence, you missed the point. Uh, The court doesn't have the ability to order someone to do anything. The court doesn't have the ability to tell your landlord you have to get rid of the roaches. All the court does is can hand you money damages. And if you're not paying the rent, because that's the only way you're going to get into court. All right, because they're going to sue you for non-payment. You have a defense to that. Because you're not going to be out, uh, you're not going to be out money. They're going to be out money. So start with a letter. Start with a letter with okay. photographs, or you, you can send it. You know, obviously you put it on your phone, and then you send it off with an email, or you can do a hard copy, and you can print uh, pictures. I don't even know how you print pictures anymore. I guess you can. You go to your local Costco or Walmart or whatever, and uh, send it to him and say, "Hey, I'm stopping this rent until you clean this up." That's that's how you start. All right, Clarence? Okay. All right, you. try that, and hopefully that works. And then you're playing chicken or you're playing roaches with the landlord. And inevitably, oh. you, and inevitably you, uh, you do win. All right, uh, we will uh, take a break. This is Handle on the Law. Darkness right in front of me, oh, it's calling out, and I won't walk away. I would always open up the door. KFI Handle here on a rainy Saturday morning. Welcome back. Uh, More Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hi, Monica. You're up. Welcome. Yes, ma'am. I um, am wondering if I am legally obligated to give my Social Security number to a doctor's office. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. However, uh, when they ask you for a social security number and you say no, they can turn around and go, well, that's a pleasure. Why don't you go uh, see another doctor? Okay. So what do you do with that? Okay. I mean, it's uh, literally, what do you do with that? And why would uh, you be, and I'm, I'm just curious, by the way, why would you be re- reluctant to give a, a doctor's office your social? Well, I guess in the age of identity theft, okay. I'm just a little yeah. nervous no, about that's legit. out my no. information. No, that's legit. Now, uh, did this happen or will it happen? Um, 
It will happen. I'm, I was involved in an accident, and so okay. the attorney has sent me to different doctors, and I'm wondering if at some point they can get the information from the, no, the no. attorney. Once, well, no, the, no, the attorney's never going to release your Social Security number. And what you can do, if this is a personal injury case, and the attorney is sending the doc, you to the doctor, and you simply say, uh, I'm not going to give you my Social Security number, I wouldn't worry about it. They're not going to force the issue. Believe me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's um, and you're right. Uh, uh, giving people social uh, is very uh, is not a great idea. I'm just curious when I said that, uh, and uh, they can say no. You know, they always have the right to say no. But a, you think a PI doctor is going to say no? Uh, I don't think so for sure. Miguel, hi, Miguel. Good morning. Good yes, morning. sir. All right. What can I do I'm for you? Try to be as quick as I can. Okay. So back in October 2002, I had a motorcycle. I let a friend borrow it. He let me borrow his truck. I went to Vegas. I came back from Vegas. My bike was totaled. He promised me that he would get it fixed. He took it somewhere to get fixed. And then we lost contact. He stopped, you know, getting a hold of me. We we were supposed to carpool to work. I lost my job, whatever. That's another story. Okay, so me not working. The bike got repoed. Uh, the place that repoed the bike got a hold of me. He told me where I was at. I went to the place. It was somewhere in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, they gave me paperwork with my friend's name on it, saying that they dropped it off to get fixed. Never got fixed. I moved. I was moving about uh, two years ago. I found the paperwork. But my question is, did I still sue him for that? Or and this was uh, uh, this was what uh, 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Um. I would hope so. I just I understand. understand. What do you What do you think? No. Great. Well done. Well said. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, Tony. Hi, Tony. You're up. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. Uh, I had my I had my AC the whole system replaced for the whole house. And uh, before I signed the contract, we I made sure I told them I wanted a two stage system. Over and over again, repeated it. Said okay, okay, okay. Agreed everything else. Um, signed the contract. I looked at it. It didn't specify if it was one stage or two ah, stage. Ah, ah. So what they told you, they're going to deny completely. They're going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. We never said that. By the way, read the contract, and it says, it doesn't specify which one, and we think a one stage is appropriate, and uh, that's what we sold you. See, that's the problem. People rely on salespeople, and that's always a tough one. What is the difference in cost and effectiveness between a one and a two stage? Uh, probably a couple of sears, probably fourteen to sixteen or seventeen sear, probably three or four thousand dollars. And uh, and you paid the three or four thousand dollars, or you paid the I haven't less- paid them yet. All right, and so you pay the lesser price, or they no, were, I didn't. Pay, are, I they, didn't, I didn't are they charging I didn't you? Are they charging you the lesser price? No, they're charging me the full price for a two stage system. Ah, have- now you have it. If uh, the contract, if they're putting in a one stage system and they're charging you for a two stage system, then uh, you have a breach of their contract. Uh, because and then you have to prove that it's their normal price for a two two stage system. So um, okay. you got a couple of choices: you can sue them in small claims court, pay them, or just refuse to pay. Let them sue you and see what they okay. sue you for. And then you simply say no. And here's uh, uh, your honor. Here's the price. And you have to do a, a little research, of course. Here's the price for a two stage system, and they charge me for that and put in a one stage system. Uh, therefore, I'm this is a breach. And you simply tell them, take it out. Take it out, sue me, to, sue me, put it in a one-stage system. 
put or put in uh, replace it with a Tuesday system for the same money for the money that I'm paying you. That's what I would do. Okay. Yeah, you got a winner there. You really do. Okay. So try that. And also look at contracts, please. Because here's the what ends up happening. What's going to save his ass is the price differential. Charging for the higher model, putting in the lower model. And what uh, there's a, there is uh, a legal concept called you look at the uh, four corners of the contract. In other words, you, you look at the document itself. And all things being equal, that will always control. Which is why you have to look at contracts very, very carefully. Uh, even the small print, although no one understands the small print. But big stuff. Uh, what they're doing for you how much you're paying for it, what are the warranties, and then you have a lot of real small legal uh, language, you know, microscopic language. And those, uh, you can read them or not read them. Uh, I normally don't, only because it's standard boilerplate, but the big stuff, warranties, uh, when they're going to do it, how much uh, you're going to pay, what exactly are they going to put in, at what time are they putting in, how much time do they give themselves saying we will install it within two weeks of the purchase. I mean, all of that. All right. We just had a call about uh, cyber criminals uh, and a social security number. You know, cyber criminals know how to go around or through almost any security measure to get your valuable information. and can, They can do it with viruses and spyware and all kinds of malwares. So uh, you have to be super careful. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. So let me suggest uh, doing what I've done for the last decade, and that is uh, looking to LifeLock for identity theft protection. And what LifeLock does, if uh, they detect something going a little hinky, which they do instantly, they'll send you an alert, which they did to my daughter a few months ago, shut down the cockroach that was trying to get credit in her name. And if there's a problem, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. So... Since no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction, every business, I would go to LifeLock because LifeLock can uncover threats you might, you will probably will miss on your own. Also, 10% off your first year. Use the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or go to LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. That's 800-LIFELOCK or uh, LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the Law. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can't keep the ground from shaking. No matter how hard you try, can't keep the sunsets from fading. Gotta treat your life like you're jumping off a swing, baby. Hey, if I handle here on a rainy Saturday morning right up until 11 o'clock, 
A couple lines open, 800-520-1534, 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Dan, you've been sitting there for a while. Hello, Dan, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Dan's been waiting a long time. Dan's about to get hung up on. Uh, Dan, I don't want to do this to you, but uh, I'll go for it. Hello, Dan, you there? No? I'll put him on hold. For some reason, I'm feeling magnanimous today. I'm running a temperature. That's the problem. You know, I'm just not feeling well, and that's that's why. Yeah, he fell asleep. He's been that's true because he's been waiting for so long. All right, Nick. Hello, Nick. You're up. Welcome. Hi, Bill. I have a tenant. I have a home which one attendants live there, and the guy bought a German Shepherd. I need to know by law they're supposed to have a dog home. Okay, uh, let's start talking about your lease that you have with him. I'm assuming you have a lease, right, Nick? Yeah. Okay. Is there any language in the lease that precludes him from having a dog? Yeah, including not at home. Oh. To keep. No, you got him. Uh, you uh, have to tell him uh, either he gets rid of the dog, or you're evicting him for breach of the lease. Uh, how long has he had the dog, Nick? A couple, uh, maybe one month. One month. I Here's what I would do. I would wait a couple of more months so he really falls in love with the dog and connects and bonds with the dog so the dog becomes a member of the family. Then tell him, dog goes or I'm evicting you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you are. All right. Oh, there was Dan who's asleep. Dan, you know, I held on uh, just for you, which I've done maybe once in the last five years. Okay, Dan? He's still asleep. Someone wake him up. Maybe we can yell into the phone. You know what? I want to keep this line open uh, until this guy wakes up or for the rest of the show. Uh, we'll, uh, I'm yelling. I'm yelling now. Dan, Dan, you there? All right, we're going to put him on hold. Oh, yeah, come on. Oh, is that really him? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Dan, are you going to hold on? I'm going to put you on hold. This is exciting. Dan, are you there? Oh, I think Dan's screwing with us. All right, Dan gets dropped. Oh, that's too bad. I was going to have a good time with that. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, Richie, uh, there you are. My life is ruined, Richie. What can I do for you? <laughs> You're okay. You're only human. <laughs> uh, well, um, I, I don't know. There's an argument there, but what can I do for you? <laughs> okay, this is a very complex situation. I bought a motorcycle off eBay, and... Um, he gave me the title. He signed it off. I took it to DMV. It, it's California title, everything, the VIN, the engine, the, the old license plate all lined up. They gave me a, a license plate with a sticker last May. Uh, a, a month later, I got the title sent back. Oh, and by the way, I had to go to Highway Patrol. They signed it and stamped it, said everything was legal. Uh, got the title back. They said, uh, you need to go back uh, to the owner and find out what state it was registered in before this title. I've been to DMV three, to- three or four times. They say we can't process a, a title unless you find out what state the bike was registered okay, in. Okay, you, do you have any uh, record of where you bought it from? Do you know who it was? Yeah, basically the guy who sold it to me, uh, 
It wasn't his bike. It was a friend of his. Okay, so he can't. Alzheimer's. So he can't track it down, is what you're saying? Yeah, and he doesn't want to help me. He goes, I'm done. All right. You know, I, uh, I was just asking. That would be the uh, obviously that would be the easiest answer for sure. And right. so the question now becomes: Then why did everybody sign off allowing you to? to register the bike in your name. We're talking about the DMV, the uh, Highway Patrol, I mean, everybody. So you get to go and ask for a hearing. You have to appeal their decision and uh, go in front of their their appeal system. I mean, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, theoretically, you can can sue to, uh, well, actually, not even theoretically. You can sue to force the issue. You'll probably win. But you know what the judge is going to tell you? Uh Take it up through the appeals. Because the law says you have to exhaust all of your administrative remedies. When you're talking about an administrative decision, which this is, this is a DMV, uh, which is an administrative agency, the law is very clear. You have to go through that whole system. And then when you're done with all that and they keep on bouncing you over and over again, nope, we deny, 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 then you go to court. But okay, so it's, I need to go to yeah, it's gonna, yeah, you've got no, you have to ask for an application for a uh, a hearing and appeals of oh, the decision application for a hearing. Yeah, okay. for an appeal. You want an appeals. I don't know if the hearing they may do it the first time around simply by affidavit where you just sign off. But uh, you want to get hold of them. Uh, and I wouldn't call because by then the uh, license, uh, the registration will have expired for a couple of years. So I would do it on the Internet. Okay, so okay. I go to application for a hearing for for. for no, no, I wouldn't say application. You go actually. What you want is uh, uh, not necessarily a hearing. You want to uh, simply appeal the decision. That's where you want to go. Throw in your just go to DMV and find out where you can go with that. Uh, just uh, their website. I mean, I don't have problems with the DMV because I always do my stuff through the Auto Club. When it comes to registration, it's just easier. Uh, Isaac. Hello, Isaac. Hello. Yes, sir. A question. I have a tenant, and the tenant refused to let me show the property. My question is, uh, what is the, um, I mean, is, uh, can I deduct the No. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, Isaac. Your tenant has the absolute right to say you're not showing the property to anybody until I move out of here. Wow. It's so his, it's his, uh, Isaac, it's his place. So next month she's gonna. I mean, next month I don't have the money to pay right, the mortgage. Right, right. Uh, and unfortunately, that's the case, Isaac. So why don't you cut a deal with the tenant and say, "Tell you what, I'll reduce the rent two hundred dollars if you give me permission." Oh. Or okay. you write the next lease saying that in the event the tenant moves out, uh, you have a right uh, a month before to uh, show under reasonable terms uh, the property. Uh, so as not to unreasonably interfere with the tenant's enjoyment of uh, the property. There's some language there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Isaac, uh, there is, that's that's his place. That's his. Wow. If you're selling the place, you go, no, I'm not interested in anybody uh, seeing my house. You, that's it. You're so, done. I lost money next month. Okay. I don't know what to tell you, Isaac. That's the law. Okay. All right. I'm sure he wanted to hear that, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a tough one, to say the least. Unfortunately. All right, Dave. Hey, Dave, you're up. Hey, Bill. So I got my second paycheck from a new owner about a company that I worked for for four years. Um, my paycheck yesterday 
I couldn't cash it because of insufficient funds. What kind of legal recourse do I have? Oh, oh yeah, they've got, they've got to make that good. And like, they sh- What kind of time frame? Uh, immediately. Uh, paychecks okay. cannot bounce. That's all there well, is to it. I can't even cash it. Because right, because there's, there's no money in it. I understand there's no money in your account. So uh, you get to immediately file a lawsuit with uh, or a complaint with the labor board. And that's okay, a department. I'm a 1099 subcontractor. But it's still, well, then you have a, bre- then you have a breach of contract. Then, okay. you, then you don't have an employment. Now you're just talking small claim suit uh, okay. instantly. Just file. I mean, I mean right now. How much do they owe you, Dave? Uh, about shy of 1400 Yeah, file the lawsuit instantly. I mean, first thing Monday morning. Okay. All right. So I can't just call the police and. No, it's not civil issue. Call check. the police for what? For a check that's bounced? No, Wait. for a bad check. Uh, no, because it's not. You see, the problem with bounced checks, bad checks, is you have to intend uh, to defraud someone. And here there's a business. <laughs> here there's like a, fraud. Didn't no, it? it's not fraud because here, unless you can prove it, you think they intended to write a check to you that they knew was going to bounce. Uh, this new guy's an idiot. Oh, I, I'm not saying that. You could be an idiot and not be a criminal. That's true. Uh, all I'm saying is uh, I, I would call them and say, hey, small claims court filed today. You're going to get served today. Are you interested in that? And losing and paying a couple of hundred dollars in costs on top of that. You want to? I suggest you write a check. Okay. All right. That's how, excuse me. That's how to handle that. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. Very rainy Saturday morning. Uh, we have a party coming up on uh, Thursday night, February 21st, and then uh, the morning on Friday. And it's an exclusive private event at Morongo Casino. And it starts with a cocktail party uh, just for us. And that's Thursday evening. Uh, and with the slot tournament hosted by Wayne Resnick. And by the way, it's me and the entire morning crew. Jennifer Jones Lee, uh, executive producer Michelle, are hosting the slot tournament. There will be prizes. Next morning, a live morning broadcast uh, with a private breakfast buffet while the broadcast is going on. And uh, love to have you there. And there's only 50, literally 50 people uh, or 50 packages that are available, which means 100 people. That's it. And prices are 160 to $205 for two people, depending on what kind of room you get. So uh, that is uh, a pretty good deal because you have uh, the cocktail party, you have the slot tournament, you have the morning uh, buffet, you have the stay overnight, and uh, you have us. And uh, there's, uh, if you're willing to pay $300, you don't have to go to any of this stuff. So it's uh, call 888-MORONGO and just ask about Bill Handel's package. Uh, yeah, I didn't write that. Call and ask about Bill Handel's package. Uh, Thursday night, February 21. Call 888-MORONGO, 888-MORONGO. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Ed. Hello, Ed. Welcome. Yes, I wondered if there's any way I can remedy a situation with um, my family on the East Coast. My mother moved from Virginia to Ohio three years ago, and my brother lives in Ohio, so he took care of her uh, legal things, uh, tax, or filed, filed her taxes for her, and uh, then she tells me that she never got her return from 
that particular year that you moved. And I said, well, what are you doing about it? So my brother contacted the bank to find out where her money was, and the IRS apparently said they sent the money to her bank in Virginia, and they said, well, they never got it. So the Virginia bank says, no, well, we transferred it to a Wells Fargo. All right, so uh, basically someone grabbed your mom's identity and uh, her refund went to someone else. Right, most likely. So my brother's instructions were to write a letter to the banks and all that. Apparently it went to the wrong people. They said it'll take 90 days to look into and resolve. Oh, wait a second. You're, are you talking about it went into her account properly and then it was transferred to someone else's account? It went to the bank in Virginia where she used to live. Okay, but they, it was... They transferred it to... Okay, but it was... Texas. Okay, but it was the same branch... And did they put it in her account and then transferred it out, or it was never in her account? Uh, apparently, it was in the, her Virginia bank. It wasn't Wells Fargo or anything. Okay, her bank is Virgi- in Virginia, correct? Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is a horrible line. I'm barely keeping you on. Uh, so oh. I would wait the 90 days to see what the bank has to say, because if the bank no, was— did in- all that. This is three years ago. Oh, my God. And then uh, you never contacted the IRS? Uh, he was dealing with the banks to say where's the money okay so you have to yeah you know, yep it's the irs at this point it's well, the irs what does the bank say the, the bank says they sent it to the texas bank and then he was given instructions but wait a minute they sent it to the texas bank but not to her account right to somebody with that name all right so the bank made a mistake so the bank has to make good well, he also contacted the attorney general. Oh, that doesn't matter. They don't care. The attorney general doesn't yeah. care. So it's uh, you sue how much how, and how much money are we talking about here? Under a thousand dollars. I'm sorry. Under a hundred thousand dollars tax return. Under a thousand. Oh, under a thousand dollars. Yeah. Well, I'm going to suggest uh, sue the bank in uh, small claims court if you can. I mean, there's all kinds of uh, limitations because of federal law. And uh, if nothing else, contact the FDIC. Uh, that's, uh, that's horrible when that happens. Uh, but I don't understand how it was that the bank put it in the wrong person's account uh, and then is not responsible for it. For example, I, let's say I have an account, uh, Bill Handel, and someone else is a Bill Handel, different name or different middle name or misspelled. Uh, Handel is misspelled. Because mine is E-L, someone else, and a lot of them, people think that it's L-E, or maybe uh, someone spells their name with three L's instead of just two, uh, and uh, and the bank screws up. How could the bank not be responsible? Uh, don't know. All right, Jasmine. Hello, Jasmine. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Uh, I have a question about a dentist. I went to have two fillings, and then he ended up doing cosmetic work uh, that he, they sent me papers of detail that he wants to do other stuff. I said no and didn't sign the paper, but during the fillings, he went ahead and did the, some of the cosmetic okay. work. Okay, and, and, and he wants the money for it. Uh, I want, no, I paid him. I didn't what, know what Oh, he was you didn't doing. know. Ask for a refund. How much money did you pay him uh, on top of the work? Oh, the extra money. What did you pay him that you shouldn't have paid him? I uh, about maybe three, four thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you get to sue him. 
and especially since I didn't sign it. No, I, exactly. I mean, that's the whole basis. Yeah, did you did you demand your money back? Not yet. Uh, uh, it was 14 months ago. I Why are you waiting 14 months after paying three or four thousand dollars? I'm sorry. Do, where do I go? What do I do? That's my question. Well, if I were you, considering you waited 14 months, uh, I'd wait another five, six years when you're right past the statute because that's always fun. Uh, <laughs> what you get to do is sue him in small claims court and make that argument. Oh, small claim courts. I thought I have to get an attorney or something. No, absolutely not for three, $4,000. No, it's small claims. Okay. It was not offered. Is it okay real... after 14 months in the state of California? You're fine. No, you're fine. Okay. You're All right. But just do it. Don't wait. I mean, for okay. God's sake. You know, what's... People do that. My favorite ones are this happened 48 years ago uh, or 78 years ago. Uh, that's always terrific. Uh, and we will uh, come back at some point. In the future. I don't know quite know when, but just hang loose. How's that for a lockout? This is Handle on the Law. KFI on a rainy uh, Saturday morning. Matter of fact, it's KFI whether it's rainy or not. But it's uh, miserable outside. And I think there's two or three storms coming in uh, over uh, this weekend and throughout the week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Ooh, well, lots of rain. Which we need. I'll get, you get to a point where you don't say we need it anymore. And I think we're damn close to it. Uh, we'll see what our snowpack is, and we'll see how our reservoirs are doing. I'm here until 11 o'clock. Uh, phone number is 800-520-1KFI, 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Now, this is not so much a case as it is a spectacular, <coughs> excuse me, a spectacular story. So uh, it, it starts with just a regular uh, guy who gets in a fight with his girlfriend and she stabs him uh, 13 times. Okay. I mean, uh, I've heard that before and uh, no big deal. Uh, the man named Shakur, all we have is his first name, uh, nearly murdered in this frenzied knife attack. And the only reason he survived, he was able to somehow leave the scene. So uh, there she is uh, facing the judge. And um, at that point, he is there during the sentencing hearing. And at that point, 
He stands up, begs the judge for leniency for his girlfriend, turns around and asks her to marry him right there in court. Now, uh, that is a little tough. Incidentally, the man needed three weeks, uh, Shakur, three weeks in the hospital uh, for stab wounds all over his body. The state prosecutor said she has to be locked up for at least six years for the knife attack. And the judge uh, sitting there watching this guy who had been stabbed 13 times, nearly died, is begging for uh, the judge not to send her to jail so they can plan their wedding. Uh, What do you do with that? Even the judge was totally flummoxed on that one. So uh, he did what anybody else would do. He kicked the uh, can down the down the down the road and said, "Okay, let's let's hold off on the sentencing until we figure out, you know, how crazy this is and how this pans out." So um, there'll be a future sentencing hearing, and uh, I got to tell you, this is a real weird one. You have to really like a, a woman to do that. I mean, for sure. Uh, or it's a Stockholm syndrome, well, Stockholm and Oslo uh, and Copenhagen and uh, name a few other cities because this is, uh, that's wild. That really is. See, my wife would only have to stab me once and that's it. We're done. Uh, then that wouldn't happen. All right. Uh, let's get back into uh, some uh, phone calls. Mike, we'll start with you. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yeah, Mike. Okay, I got a mother who's 90 years old. Her house is in a trust that's paid for. She's going into a rest home. Uh, it's just my brother and I. My brother, who has another house, wants to use my mother's house and live in it part-time. I don't want to live in it. Uh, he was, claims he's going to pay all the upkeep, all the maintenance, everything. Uh, my mom uh, has... More love for him than he does. she does for me, no problem. So she feels like he, he deserves this. My question is, I'm worried about the, her legal responsibility if something happens to the house. Uh, his, my brother claims that if you leave the house the way it is, that when, she, when, when my mother dies, the house will be passed on with stepped-up value so there's no taxes. I don't know. I'm just worried about my mother being responsible for any legal actions against her uh, because of my brother living there. No, I mean, that, uh, no. Uh, the fact that your brother is living there means nothing legally. She still has to have tons of insurance, uh, which you have to have. Is your mom lucid? Does she know what she's doing? Uh, probably she's losing it. Probably 25% gone mentally. Okay. So she's still 75% there. You know, when you're going to know she's gone completely when she loves you as much as she does your brother. And she tells you that <laughs> then you go, okay, okay, mom, that's it. You're, you've crossed the line into complete senility. Uh, okay. Bottom okay. line is your mom still owns a house or the trust still owns a house. The trust is responsible for all the upkeep on the house. The fact that your brother is moving in, uh, is uh, incidental. You can say no and fight it. Uh, I'm assuming he is the trustee of the trust, correct? He's one of them. Both of us are. Oh, you. And by the way, you can stop him from moving in. Uh, you can have oh. a written. You can have a written agreement with him uh, between the trust and him, where he is responsible. Uh, you, as a beneficiary, can sue him if, in fact, damage to the house happens and he has agreed on the upkeep when the house is sold. Uh, there are a whole bunch of ways you can do this. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, but the but the bottom line is uh, the trust is responsible for the upkeep of the house. Okay. All right. There you go. Yep. My parents always liked my brother more than I did, more than me, always. And uh, I'm still in therapy. I mean, I, that's a lot of years. And it got to the point where I, I quit. Th- I quit therapy because the therapist, the therapist, we went down through the history, and uh, she turned around and said, "You know what? Your parents are absolutely right." Of course they love your brother more than they do you. Renee. Hi, Renee. Uh, hi. Yes. I am, a truck, uh, I am a truck driver, and a little over a year ago, they implemented ELDs, which is an electronic log device. Uh, I've been with this company. And okay, explain what, that, explain what that is. Electronic log device mandates that the D- Department of Transportation says that a driver can only drive for 11 hours and be on duty for 14 hours. And then they have to go into what's called a sleeper berth for 10 hours before they're allowed to drive again. Okay, and uh, it's this is all logged, correct? It's on some kind of it, electronic device. Right. All right. It's an electronic tablet that's mounted in my truck. Okay. And, you know, if I get pulled over, the DOT is supposed to look at it, make sure I'm in compliance. All right, fair enough. The problem, the problem I have is my company goes into my logs on their end and changes it. Ooh. And some sometimes I'm driving 18 hours. Okay. Sometimes I'm on duty for yeah. over 20 hours. All right. So so the company is is the company is breaking the law big time. And now what do you want to yeah. do with it? Uh, how much do you like this company? I I I hate what I'm doing, but I'm like forced to because uh, or I don't know what else to do besides quit, and then I lose. You know, I, I have mortgage, I have child. Right. Support, so, I have, have you everything. have you confronted uh, the folks at the company, your superiors, yeah. and say, "Hey, guys, this is what's going on. You're in violation of the law. You're in violation of federal law." And, I have um, I have them on video recording. All right. So and what and you and you and showed it to them and you have showed it to them. Correct. No. I don't show it to them because as soon as I do, I know I know I'm scared of them because they're from another country. It doesn't with, matter if they're doing business. What do they do? They hire people to kill you. Uh, I, they're they are Russian. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, so it, now it's a quite legally it's an easy one. What you're going to do with it is something else. And if you're fearful of your life, you just suck it up. And you start looking for a job with another trucking company really quickly. And from what I understand, there are plenty of trucking companies out there. I think Walmart was uh, asking, if I remember a story a few weeks ago, they're so short of, uh, of trucker, truckers that they're willing to offer insane bonuses and a huge amount of money. So you've got a couple of choices. Let me tell you legally what you can do. Legally... Uh, you can call the Department of Transportation. They'll come down with a, with a hammer on these guys, especially if you have the proof. I mean, that violation is so insane. It is ridiculous on its face. You can yeah. uh, contact them. You can uh, say to your company, I have all this proof. Just want to let you know. If they fire you, uh, you're an employee, correct? Yeah. Okay. If they fire you, if they fire you, then uh, you can apply for unemployment while you're looking for work. All right. If you quit, you can't. And so uh, now it's a question of which way do you want to go on that. If it were me, uh, I would uh, just get another job in trucking and just say goodbye to these guys and then turn them in. Right. And then they kill you. I understand. The Russian mob. All right. So do you have a family? Do you have a family? Do you have kids? Yes. How old are they? 
Uh, 12 and 9. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're a little too young to have Dad killed. Uh, uh, it'd be better if they were I, teenagers. Is, you know, if they do fire me, is there any way that I could present all this evidence and ask for compensation because of the amount of stress this company has put Yeah, there? yeah. You also have a workplace. Uh, yeah, you have a, yeah, I'd go to a workplace discrimination attorney. Yeah, you got a, oh, yeah you've got all kinds of places to go on this one. The only issue uh, is, are these guys going to kill you? And I thought you were going to yell at me. No, no, you're getting, no, you're getting screwed. I mean, you yeah, are, Renee, yeah. you are getting screwed every which way on this one. Renee's not even my real name. Because I, I don't want my real name out. There. Oh, no, I understand. Well, I got news for you. Since Renee is not your real name, this was not real legal advice. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here on a, a very rainy Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Victoria. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes, I am an independent contractor. I work for a company based in Florida by the name of PPI. They placed me on ships five months in the Caribbean, four months in Alaska. I've worked for them for two years. I'm the port shopping ambassador on the Holland America line. All right, you're the port. What is that? You're the port shopping ambassador. What exactly is that? I guide all the guests into the ports of call, where to shop, how to shop. I have shows in the main theater of the ship about three or four times a week. So I look after the guests not only on the ship. Just curious, I do. I I do a, a lot of cruising, and I've never heard of a port shopping ambassador. But okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's I, what I do. Okay, got it. So Independent uh, contractor. Con- the uh, company is in Florida, based in Florida. Okay, and so you work for the company, not the ship, and yeah. you, are an indep- you are an independent contractor with the company. Is that right? Yes, okay. I am, absolutely. Okay. And I have my ID number on Holland America Line. Okay. They pulled me off at the end of last year. They gave me no reasons. They said that Holland America Line had fired me. They haven't. I've proven they haven't fired me. However, they haven't given me any work. In the well, last how, wait a second. How can they fire you? Because you don't work for them. Now they can exactly. say They're they can say they can say to your company, "We don't want her on the ship." That's easy, but they didn't do that. okay. So, yeah. but oh, so you're, the company you're working for is telling you that Holland America fired you, correct? They're saying that with oh. no proof, and I'm dealing with Holland America, and nobody's ever heard of me being fired or even being told to leave a ship. All right, so, so like all right, you've been fired. Team. Now what? Now what? They won't get me out. They won't let me out of my non-computer group. Sure they will, because they fired you. Well, they haven't said that. They won't say that. They ignore me. Okay, but effectively, if they're they're not putting you on any ships, then you certainly have the right to go and get a job, Victoria. They can't very well say, we're not going to pay you. We are not going to employ you. And by the way, you can't work anywhere else. doesn't work that way, Victoria. How do I get out of it? They refuse to. They say, unless I have a letter. Just get another job someplace and explain the situation. Oh, I, I work as a model here in L.A. and a private investigator. I'm okay. Upset, but they don't need to know that. I need to know when am I going back on my next ship. Ah, That's what I want to know. Go for you know, go to an, Okay, money. go to another company. And here's uh-huh, the problem. They won't let me. Well, who won't let you? PPI won't let me go to the company I want to work for, and they want me. It's Royal Media Partners. How, wait, 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 wait. I don't care about the names. 
What do you mean they won't let you? Do they stop you at the front door? Do they send their goons out? Do they send a letter out to uh, the company? I signed a two-year contract. It doesn't matter. They're no longer hiring you. Victoria, two-year contract. What? And does it say in the contract that we can keep you at home? You don't, we can keep you from working, and at the same time, you're not allowed to work anyplace else? You think that's, you think that's enforceable? I, I, I don't know because the company's in Florida. Ignore, ignore the do not compete clause. Ignore it. It has no validity whatsoever, Victoria. Okay. It cannot be enforced. Okay. Okay. All right. Just ignore it. And if they try, if they try to enforce it, you've got a wonderful lawsuit for interference with contractual relations, interference with your ability to make a living. Uh, You can't do that. Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Okay. You're going to be. Thank you very much. You're welcome very much. Uh, Yeah. Brits are all over these ships. Incidentally, could I do a lot of cruising? Um, I just got off a cruise where. it's uh, all incredibly old people. I was the only person on the entire ship that was still working. And I was the youngest person by about 25 years on that ship. And it was, uh, and my wife, Marjorie, uh, both of us won the wheelchair races because we were so much younger than anybody else. It was very, very strong. Take another phone call or we just go to break? All right, let's take another phone call. Let's do it. Uh Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Uh, my husband and I um, paid to have a living trust prepared for us, which was wonderful. And then I took it to the bank because we wanted to set up a CD in the name of our trust. And the bank would not open the CD in our trust because she noticed on my husband's driver's license that he is a second, not a junior, but a second. And the name on the license did not match the name on the trust. Okay. So I called the person that prepared the trust, and she said that since we didn't notify them of that. Didn't notify uh, whom of that? We didn't notify the people preparing the trust that he was a second, that that was our fault and not theirs. Okay. My argument was they had his document, his license in front of them, just like the bank lady did, and they didn't catch it either. So they're saying it's our fault, and they want us to pay more money right. for them to fix it. No, it doesn't work that way. So you got you have a couple of choices here, and the only choice you're probably going to have if they're not going to fix it, you have to pay someone to fix it. Uh, that may cost you a couple hundred dollars, and uh, it's um, and then you sue them for the uh, couple hundred dollars. Okay, that's it. That's really simple. I mean, they uh, should fix it. Especially if you show them the driver's license and they're going to deny you never show the driver's license. Well, they, she's the lady I talked to was the notary on my trust. So I was saying, you notarize. Oh, me. wait a minute. You go after the notary. Right? If the she's notary the puts person. your name wrong, then it's the notary's fault. And that's what my argument was. Okay. Or you sue them both. Them. You sue the people who, uh, well, does the trust uh, document itself have the wrong name? Yes. Okay. So you so you have both. Uh, you got a case uh, against both uh, the, both the lawyer and uh, the notary. You just go after both of them. Just figure out what it's going to cost you. Pay the money to have it fixed. Uh, set up your account and then uh, go after them. That's all. Okay. Because the notary was the legal secretary at. The- Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Okay. Great. All right. That was easy. All right. Uh, so let me tell you uh, a problem that you may have that's not so easy to unravel. 
All right. Uh, so you go on a public Wi-Fi system. You go near Starbucks, whatever, and uh, right there in the name, public. Uh, you connect. We connect the public to the Wi-Fi. And even if it's password protected, uh, you can toss all your expectation about privacy out of the window because uh, cyber criminals can get right in there. And then they can see all kinds of private information you have right through your computer. So how do you fight that? Well, there's a way to use public Wi-Fi publicly or privately. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That's with Norton Secure VPN. That's Norton Secure Virtual Private Network. And it's for your laptop, laptops, it's for your mobile devices, and it's easy to use. You, just, you install, install it, you log in once, and Norton Secure VPN immediately provides you with more privacy and security. Protecting you from hackers by encrypting your connection. And believe me, if someone steals your information through a public Wi-Fi, and if you don't have this, you're going to be one very, very sorry human being. To get Norton Secure VPN, go to norton.com slash VPN. That's norton.com slash VPN, starting at three thirty three dollars a month with annual subscription. So you can enjoy the convenience of a connected world without the concerns about privacy or, privacy or security with Norton Secure VPN. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Terms apply. This is Handle on the Law. So can we break this mold and set in motion something new? Forgetting what we know. An evolution overdue. Fight the current. Call the record. Handle here and uh, good morning on a... Saturday, phone number 800-520-1534. All right, welcome back to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. All right, Roy, let's go to you. What can I do for you, Roy? Roy, you there? Yes. Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, I was involved in a class action lawsuit for a company I used to work for. Uh, due to uh, uh, lunch breaks and overtime. Okay. And they settled. 
And let me just tell you, I worked there for three years, and then I quit and went back to work there for a week. I got a check from the lawsuit for one week. They 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 failed to pay me uh, like four thousand dollars. How much did you get? Um, it was uh, I got a check for twenty six bucks, and I was supposed to get a check for fifty two, a hundred and fifty two work weeks. Okay. And I guess my comp, the company I used to work for, failed to turn them work weeks in, and the the lawsuit's already settled. Well, why did you accept the twenty six dollars? Did you? I I haven't cast the oh, check. Oh, okay. Then you con you all right. You contact the lawsuit, uh, the law firm. Incidentally, uh, I mean, come on, this is pretty close. Out of four thousand dollars, you're only short three thousand nine hundred eighty four dollars. I mean, that's close enough. You know where I wouldn't worry about it. But assuming that that's a fairly big deal uh, for you, uh, let's uh, talk about uh, what you do. First thing, you contact the law the law firm. Did they ever correct? I mean, yes. And did the company ever correct the hours, or is it still on the record that you only work one week? It's still on the record right. that I only work one week. And you certainly, and, and you have I, the proof that you worked uh, for three years prior to that. I got W two forms. All right, that's I easy. I contacted the attorney that's handling the case, and at first she would talk to me, but now she won't even return my phone call. All right. So uh, what I would do is. Uh, first of all, contact uh, the company. Forget about the lawyer at this point. I just want to get—I just want to get it going, so you don't have to hire another lawyer. Uh, that's the issue. And so you contact the company and just say, "Hey, you made a mistake here, and you owe me three hundred and three thousand, whatever," because they've paid the entire settlement amount. So uh, there's a chunk of money there. If they say no, then. You know, what do you do with this? Uh, do you sue in small claims court? Yeah, yeah, I would try small claims court. I would try suing both the attorney and the company in small claims court and go, here we go. They screwed up. I'm owed this amount of money. I want my money. And it'll probably okay. be it'll probably be against the uh, company is my guess. Now, I'm assuming uh, that you can do that. There may be some kind of uh, either legislation, some statutory provisions, or uh, some court decisions that don't let you do that. You have to go through another avenue. That's the first thing I would do. Contact the company and say, hey, you guys screwed up. You put in the wrong information. I'm entitled to four grand. You know, please make good at it. Uh, is, I'm assuming okay. it's a fairly large company, right? Yes, yes. All right. Uh, how many employees does the company have? Um, a couple of hundred, and it was over a uh, million dollars. All right. Settlement. All right. So uh, assuming that someone in that company has uh, any kind of ethics and morals, you know, they'll cut you a check for four grand. Uh, if not, That's- if not, you try it. Have you called them yet and said, hey, guys, you owe me some money? Yes, I, I left a message, and they just put me on a voice message, and I, I haven't heard back from them. All right. Well, leaving messages doesn't do much. Find out who you can uh, contact. I'm sure there's a vice president in charge of screwing people over during uh, settlements somewhere in there. You, you, you send an email, you send the proof, uh, you know, you scan it. There it is, the proof. You send it off and see what happens. And then you go to small claims court because the first thing the judge is going to ask you, assuming there, is did you try to collect the money? Go, yes, Your Honor, here it is. Here's all the proof. So you have to do it anyway. And good luck to you. Yeah, that's a screw-up, isn't it, for sure. Uh, Robert. Hello, Robert. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, my situation is my father passed about uh, three or four years ago, three, four years ago, and he was in the middle of a divorce. Now, we had him, he'd acquired an attorney. He gave the attorney $3,000 for 
retainer. My father passed in the middle of that divorce before it was finalized. We wound up getting another attorney, and she settled with his ex-wife, and we gave her a cash payment. Now, I'm asking the, the first attorney for records to show where he spent the $3,000 or, you know, receipt for the $3,000 retainer. And he's just telling me the money's gone. My father used it all. Well, he how has to I prove it. Well, he's got to prove it. He has to but prove I mean, it. And but, I mean, he, how do I get him to prove it? Well, uh, you sue him. I mean, that's all you can do. Otherwise, he's not going to come up with the proof. So if you sue him for $3,000, now you're suing him on behalf of uh, the uh, estate. Yes, sir. And has the estate already been distributed? Is it done? Has it yes. been wrapped up? Yes. Uh, then there's not much to do. Uh, because who's uh, who is suing? The only the only entity that has the right to sue is the estate, and the estate has now been dissolved. Okay, but it was in a trust. Okay, now, but the trust is distributed. The trust is done, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so the trust is dissolved. So there's no entity left to sue. Oh wow! Yeah, oh. you have to do it during the course of uh, the uh, distribution of the trust. It's not that complicated, or maybe it is complicated. I don't know what I'm talking about. Hello, Ken. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, what can I do for you? Well, I'm in Florida, and my daughter's in Pueblo, Colorado. A little over a year ago, she called me out and said she's going to be buying a Buick Regal from her next-door neighbor. However, there's a loan on it, and that the neighbor's going to use the money she gives to pay off the loan. That has all been done, but now the neighbor will not give her the title, and we don't know what we can do to force the title to be turned over to my daughter. Yeah, that that is a real interesting situation uh, because your daughter was not particularly bright about doing this, was she? No, you, I, begged her, I begged her not to buy it, and she wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, or if she, uh, if, fine buying it, but what you do is you buy it, you get the title, and then allow uh, the uh, person that you owe the money to or the entity to hold a lien against the property. Uh, and she did everything wrong. So effectively what she did is just gave someone some money. And he let right. her, and he let her use his car, and now uh, that relationship is over. Thank you. Uh, I want my car back, or I'm not going to. Or you hang. Uh, he could even argue that he's going to call the police because she has a stolen car. Although that wouldn't go very far. But I'm just saying that she doesn't own the car. Uh, so That's exactly right. She's all right. She's driving it with his plate. Right. And she has to go to the. Car. What she has to do is go to. Uh, she she's in Colorado, correct? Yeah, so All right. we went to the police, and they said it's strictly a civil matter. Right, yeah, the police aren't going to touch it. Yeah, the police wouldn't touch it at all. Uh, you get to contact us. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Department of Motor Vehicles in Colorado. Okay. And ask them, and they'll help you go through it, because if you can prove you bought it and uh, the seller simply refuses to change title, I think there's an avenue by which they will do it. Okay, and I think that's the only way to do it, short of uh, filing a lawsuit. And do you really want to go there? I mean, hiring a lawyer to uh, have a court order the transfer of title, and how do you think, uh, how much money do you think it takes to get a lawyer to go in there and do it? 
Uh, yeah, it's not worth it. I would do it with a DMV. This is Handle on the Law. This is uh, KFI Handle here on a Saturday morning. Uh, quick invitation for you to join us for an exclusive private event at Morongo Casino the night of Thursday, February 21st, and then the next morning. It's a one-night stay at the hotel if you uh, elect to come. And uh, there's a private cocktail party with me and the morning crew on that Thursday evening, followed by a slot tournament hosted by Wayne Resnick and Jennifer Jones-Lee and executive producer Michelle. And after the cocktail party, the slot tournament where there will be prizes. Next morning, live morning broadcast uh, with us. Uh, with a buffet breakfast uh, that is part of it. So it's the evening of Thursday, February 21st, and the next morning, uh, only 50 packages are available. That means 100 people. That's it. Uh, And the price is $160 to $205 for two people, depending on the room. And that is a, uh, in my opinion, certainly a phenomenal deal. So call Morongo at 888-MORONGO. Ask for Bill Handel's package. Yep, that's what they're calling it. Call 888-MORONGO and ask for Bill Handel's package. This is Handel on the Law. Plenty more marginal legal advice. Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome to the show. Yes, Bill. In the early 40s, uh, my grandparents bought 320 acres of farmland in Oklahoma. And a mule. No, that would be, yeah, that would be 400 acres. Okay, go ahead. No, that comes in later with my cousin, the okay. ass. Oh, well done. Well done. Go ahead. <laughs> well, um, uh, my mom uh, was about 10 or 11 at the time. She helped him farm the land, which uh, half of the 320 went to my uncle, her only brother. My grandpa kept 80 acres, and 80 acres were designated as my mom's, which my grandparents' house was on. Well, my mom got married and followed my musician father out here to California, but we stayed in constant contact and returned there every summer to visit. Well, um, when uh, my grandpa died in the late 70s, my grandma started getting old. Uh, My aunt realized that if my grandma died, that my mom would inherit her 80 acres, so she had to be gotten out of the picture. So what they did, they, uh, under duress, they tried to convince my mom that she was standing in the way of my grandma's uh, needed medical care because of the house. So my mom said, well, if it'll help, I'll sell you the house and simply the land beneath it. And they gave her like 2,600, 33,000 around that area. Well, um, she still retained her inheritance. But imagine my surprise when at the end of January I saw on Facebook that my cousin, the ass, had uh, uh, parceled up the land, including my mom's, into five separate parcels. And uh, But your mom still but your mom still retained title, correct? Oh well it was all under my grandpa's name. Okay, but then so someone and your grandpa died. Yes. So who inherited? It went to my grandma. Okay, and she died. Uh, she died. But, okay, so uh, who inherited? That's the question. Uh, did it was a probate? Cousin, was a was there a will? Was there a, was a probate ever opened? 
not till I know of. Well, then your brother, uh, the ass, cannot sell property that's not in his name. I don't quite understand how you do that. That's right. I mean, it was it was all in my grandpa's name, but okay. they realized that my mom needed to be out of the picture. I understand, but did she transfer title? Did she have no. title? No, it was it was still all under my grandma's okay, grandpa's then, name. Okay, then all right. So there. So the point is is that I'm assuming it's still under their name, or legally should be. I'm not sure. I okay, know. when did this when did this happen? Oh, uh, well, my grandpa died in the late. 70s. My grandma died uh, in the mid-80s. Good. So they're only talking 40 years ago. That's easy to do. So the property has now been sold, transferred. You have no idea who owns it, and you want to go back 40 years. No, half of it has been sold. The other half, which I believe includes my mom's 80 acres. Uh, but the point I want to address is the uh, them lying about. No, I understand, mom. but now we're trying to get. Okay, we'll get to that at some point when you're talking about duress. But we're talking time first. All right. Yes. Uh, when did the last sale transference, uh, where your mom somehow uh, no longer had the property, when did that occur? In the eighties. Supposedly occurred in the 80s when she sold what they claim was her entire 80 acres. But how but, can she sell it if she doesn't own it? Well, it was an inheritance. That's the way the farm property worked back then. You know, no, 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 no. You still had to own property before you sold it. The person who is yeah. on title is the one that gets the money or a trust that that is on title to the property. If it was your grandparents that had the title, then all of a sudden uh, probate isn't open. So uh, a kid comes in and says, I'm going to sell my grandparents' land. And uh, without the right, why didn't I sell you the land? I'm not on title either. And I could have gotten money. They continue to farm it. That doesn't matter. Of course they continue to farm it because the title holder was dead. And there was no one there to argue. No, it's uh, none of this makes any sense. None of it. And then why'd you wait? And when did you find all of this out, incidentally? At the end of January of this year. When and I how did you and how did you find and how did you find out? My my cousin's realtor listed how proud he was to have handled the sale of three of the five parcels. Okay, and so did you and call did you call cousin, did you, and did you call the realtor? I sent him an email, and then my cousin sent me a threatening letter back. Okay. And Do not contact my realtor because he has no information for okay, you. Okay. Well, first of all, you can talk, contact his realtor all day long. I do. Okay. <laughs> so that's not a problem. And I would ask the realtor, how do you sell a property that is not owned by whoever transferred the property? That's the question I would ask the realtor. Yeah, well, that's why they needed my mom's name off. Okay, but you but you but wait a second. Did your mom sign off on it? No. Oh, so we're going in circles. The realtor might be liable too. Yeah. The realtor might be liable for fraud, especially if it just happened. Uh, yes. Yeah. So with all now, s- how about how about they're lying about my mom impeding my grandma's? Yeah, you're never going to prove that. You're never going to prove that. They're always going to. Well, I have my, my cousin admits it on a messenger post. Uh, well, if he admits it that he lied, your cousin admitted that he lied and then had the property sold off. Correct. Why would he admit that he lied to you? Because he didn't expect me. His realtor was listed on Facebook and for me to see it. When I saw it, 
I call All right, you know what? This is I, I got and this is no, this is this is way too complicated for me. I just don't understand any part of it because we haven't gotten past the how does someone who doesn't hold title sell a piece of property? And I've never been able to figure that one out other than committing outright fraud and uh, forging a name and and uh, having a notary forge uh, his or her name on it uh, and notarize a document that is, in fact, fraud. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's face. Oh, God. Oh. Boy, this gets to prep. That, that exhausted me. That really exhausted me. And for those of you that fell asleep and hung up, uh, get back on uh, the radio, please. I would appreciate that. All right. So let's talk about a real problem. Cyber criminals. They can get through normal security measures instantly to get to valuable information. Uh, they do it with viruses and they do it with uh, spyware and all kinds of malware. And if you don't think your information is can be stolen, even if you actually are very careful about it, you are dreaming. So let me suggest getting the good folks at LifeLock to protect your identity, uh, protect you against identity threats. And it's some pretty serious stuff. Your social security number, for example, uh, for sale on the dark web. So if someone is using your identity, which happened to my daughter a few months ago, and some cockroach is trying to do something with it, open a trust, open a uh, credit account or file for an IRS refund, well, what they will do is tell you about it and you can shut it, shut it down instantly. And if there's a problem, they'll work to fix that problem. Now, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction, every business. But LifeLock, I've been a customer for years and years, can uncover threats that you probably will miss on your own. Join, get 10% off your first year by using your promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code HANDLE for 10% off. And if you ever need LifeLock, it is priceless. That's 800-LIFELOCK or uh, lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the Law. here it is a uh, saturday morning clipping up a little bit oh yeah it was pouring when i came in this morning and now uh, uh it's broken clouds are broken and it's blue skies looking behind me see the san bernardino mountains snow capped very lovely all right 
I'm going off on a uh, travel log here, aren't I? You betcha. 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Here's the local story down uh, just down the freeway, Hollywood. Uh, there is a physician who recommended that a father give his four-year-old son marijuana cookies to control temper tra- uh, tantrums. And he's fighting like crazy to maintain his medical license. And it wasn't the pot recommendation that is what got him into trouble. Giving a four-year-old pot is okay medically. Uh, What it was was something else entirely. Dr. William Eidelman, a natural medicine physician. I don't even know what that is. I I guess it's a real doctor who decides he's going to wake up one day and say, I'm not going to be a real doctor today. And here's some supplements. Here, eat some tree bark. Everybody hold hands, uh, circle around the tree and sing Kumbaya. What what do they do? What do natural uh, medicine physicians do? I have no idea. Anyway, what he got in trouble for was improperly diagnosing the young boy uh, with attention deficit uh, hyperactivity disorder and bipolar disorder before recommending the marijuana. The medical board has actually ordered that the license be revoked But a superior court judge issued a temporary stay, allowing him to continue practicing medicine, but he can't treat patients under 18, and he cannot use uh, a cannabis treatment for adult patients without obtaining a medical history and conducting a medical examination of the patient. That was the problem. So a father brings his kid in to see the doctor who was misbehaving in school, and uh, so he comes in. And tells the doctor, here's the problem I have. Well, Eidelman's practice uh, centers on writing letters for patients who obtain medical marijuana. And he started doing this right after the state first legalized the drug for medical use. And he turned out to be one of those marijuana doctors. After a 30-minute visit with the boy and his dad, the doctor writes in his chart, the child had a probable combination of ADHD and bipolar disorder. And should try cannabis in small amounts and cookies. Uh, he had previously recommended cannabis for his dad's ADHD and bipolar disorder. Well, here was the negligence. The medical board found him grossly ne- negligent for doing uh, diagnosing the kid without a diagnosis, without an examination, not consulting a psychiatrist. What the hell does he know about ADHD? He's a natural medicine uh, medicine physician. I'm surprised he didn't give him a, a, just a chunk of rock and go, here, chew on this one. I mean, uh, yeah, okay, why not? Here's some bingo cocoa or bingo jacoa or whatever the hell they call that. That should work, right? What do they call it, by the way? Bingo something. Anyway, that's the game, I think. In any case, uh, he didn't collect information. This is the uh, doctor from collecting information of the boy's teacher. Didn't ask his dad about the child's mood or sleep patterns. And he did nothing. All he did was write the kid had tantrums. Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't work that way. So he's going to lose his license. And I have to look up, uh, is it Gingo? I mean, people are screaming what that is. I think it's for joints. No, that's, uh, what do you do for joints? Cholesterol? 
I don't think so. I'm very big with natural medicine remedies. Have you noticed that? Okay. Let's just go ahead and take some phone calls. I'm even disgusted with myself now. All right. Here we go. Uh, Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi. Yes. I have a statute and liability question case and subcase question. Um, approximately four years ago, I had, a, I had health insurance through a major carrier, also a car accident that caused a multitude of injuries and surgery needs, medical needs, surgery needs. Um, because of these things, I reached my deductible mid-cycle about June of the year, in which um, I would have, not have to pay um, out of pocket for the rest of the year medically. Um, while I was in the second day of my surgery uh, recovery stage at the hospital, the carrier canceled my insurance, stating that they received a phone call um, from me um, asking to cancel my insurance, which is ludicrous. So when I remedied that matter and said that it absolutely did not happen, um, they reinstated the insurance but jacked it up $300 a month, the premium. When I tried to remedy that matter, they claimed that one of their agents changed my address four times within 10 minutes that I had moved, which I had not moved, and I never stated that I did. All right, so let me throw you some questions. Sure. Uh, starting with, did they cancel your policy in the middle of your policy period? Yes. Wow. Okay, right there, violation. Okay. Uh, and after you told them everything that's screwed up, no one said, oops, we made a mistake. Let's bring you, let's reinstate you back to where you were. No, um, they reinstated it, but then they raised the premium three hundred over 300 a month. No, I understand, but mid-cycle they reinstated it and raised the premium. Yes. All right, have you talked to anybody over there and say, what the hell are you guys doing? Oh, yeah. And what and is their position? They put it in grievance status and made it so I couldn't use my insurance the rest of the year. And Wait a minute, way- even though, have you paid the $300 extra per month? No, I. Um, they wouldn't. No, I couldn't pay that. that Why not? Too, um, it was too high. It ended oh, up being okay. Like you couldn't a, afford it. All right. Right. Yeah, because I would have said pay it and then go backwards oh. uh, as long as you have insurance. All right. Okay. And such. Um, then what transpired is the account was in grievance status, and I still had to see doctors. They said the bills would be paid after the grievance status was over. They assured me that it would be remedied. Okay. Now, are you? Uh, I'm assuming you're getting all of this in writing by this point. Yes. Oh, good. All right. And such, um, then what transpired is all the way a couple of years went by, and now just a few months ago, um, they have started paying over 22 of the doctor bills and claims. Okay. All right. So they're paying it now. Have you been without insurance? No, I ended up getting different insurance. All right. So uh, are you out any money per se? Oh, yes. And quite a bit of pain right. and suffering. Okay. Well, the pain and suffering is uh, that's that's an issue that's a little more complex. Uh, the first thing I would do is uh, report it to the insurance commissioner because okay. they are in such violation, they're in such bad faith, especially if you have all the proof. Yes. Just file a claim against the insurance commissioner and ask for the moon. Uh, that's for starters. The rest of it, uh, I don't know. Is there uh, certainly there's a lawsuit there, but I don't know which lawyer is going to do it for free because the damages are not insane. Uh, you can ask for maybe even punitive damages. I don't know how it works with insurance carriers because there are all kinds of uh, issues involved with suing, uh, suing insurance with federal controls. But uh, this is I, – I certainly – you know what? I would make a point of just calling uh, a, a personal injury attorney just to see where you could go. You can go to uh, my website, handleonthelaw.com. Okay. Say we talked on the air 
and just simply say, Bill uh, asked uh, me, that's you, to find out if there's anything there. And maybe you have a suggestion uh, that's you asking to the lawyer uh, that uh, where you could possibly go. Certainly the insurance commissioner, that is, that's a given. Okay. All right? Excellent. Um, there's a second part to this. Okay, really quickly. Okay. So a doctor, one of the doctors refuses to take me off their collections or trying to make me pay their collection agency, even though they've been paid by Blue Shield now. So they want me to pay the collection agency's no. Um, fees. No. Let them sue you. Okay. <laughs> and if they ding your credit they because did. if they ding your credit because of that, there's another lawsuit. Okay, that's my question because they have dinged. Oh the yeah, oh yeah. Now, oh, this is great. Now, right. and make sure you tell. <coughs> excuse me. Make sure you tell the lawyer that one too. Okay. All right. Thanks. There you go. Uh, don't you love insurance companies, huh? Whoever had a problem with an insurance company, I have never gotten one of those phone calls. This is handle on the law. When it comes to you, know I. KFI Handle here, and uh, good morning on a uh, Saturday. All right, this is Handle on the Law. Let's go back. Uh, Lily. Hey, Lily. I'm here. I'm here. Yes, ma'am. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, go. You're not on a speakerphone, are you, Lily? No, I'm going to. I shut it off. Hold on one second. I shut it off. Okay, can you hear me? Well, yeah, sort of. Okay. Okay, I got a cell phone. Hey, Bill. Uh, see you on the 22nd of February, I Great. hope. I hope. Anyway, um, I went to small claims court to sue my husband's nephew. My husband died. The nephew thinks he didn't have to pay me. But because a small claims has a limit of 10000 I sued him for 10000 And believe it or not, three years later, he paid me. Wow. Okay. So you, got, now, you, so you yeah. received a judgment? Yes. Okay, yes. and then he, and he right. paid off the judgment. He paid wow. because that, the Yeah, no, good, good, good for you. I don't yeah. get those stories yeah. very often. All right, so what's your question? I got it. But it was $13,000, and all I got was 10000 Yes, that's how it works. Can I, can, I, can I go back to court for the other 3000 No, because when no. you sue for $10,000, uh, that's the jurisdictional limit, and you waive anything above $10,000. Oh. In the documents, it'll say, I waive anything above $10,000. So the answer is no. However, look at it this way, Lily. That fact that you got 10 out of 13 is a miracle. Yeah. uh, Yeah, just feel good about that because I have to tell you, these stories, I sued for 10. I got 10. Oh, that is uh, very unusual. All right, Wendy, uh, you're up. Welcome. Oh, hello, Bill. Yes, ma'am. About a month ago, I was at an airport, and I was standing there saying goodbye to my daughter, going to college, and somebody knocked over a big metal sign that landed on my foot, like one of those signs that say, you know, no batteries, no water bottles, and it came crashing down on my foot, and the pain was so bad that I almost fainted. The guy who did it said, oh, I'm sorry, and then he left. Well, I laid down on the floor because there was so much pain, and a person from TSA came walking over asked if I'm okay, and I said, they're going to get their supervisor. Good. Nobody ever came. I had to get my daughter on the plane, and then I was crying because she left. I was in pain, and I didn't know what to do. 
and I unfortunately left. Well, now I'm still having these problems. I'm going to lots of doctors. I've been wearing a boot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the person that knocked over the sign was just some passenger? Yeah. Okay, so he's gone. Fair enough. Uh, You didn't have a report written, correct? No. Ooh, big mistake. So you're you're on your back on the floor, and then you get up Um, on your own? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, no report, nothing. All right, so let's start with how long ago did this happen, Wendy? Over a month ago. Oh, so it just happened. There's certainly yes. video of this, uh, and uh, I think what you have to do is contact TSA and uh, the airport, and if you can get it established uh, that it happened. The, the entire issue is the signage, but if it's uh, a sign that TSA puts up, the feds put up, uh, you can mm-hmm. kiss this one goodbye. You're not going to go after the feds. It's, okay. uh, I mean, it's just crazy. So there, uh, there isn't a whole lot happened here. Here, unfortunately, is uh, it happened to you? Uh, there was negligence, probably on the part of uh, the airport or whoever produces that sign and doesn't anchor it cor- correctly. But right. uh, my guess is there's nothing there. But okay. but wait a minute, yeah, But l- let me oh, ask yeah. you about damages. You need surgery. You're going to need. Are there anything? Is there anything serious here? I don't know. I'm still going to doctors. Okay, if you need surgery. First of all, you find out uh, – one, call one of the, the uh, PI lawyers on my uh, website, handleonthelaw.com, and okay. see is there anything you can do preemptively. In other words, make a claim now. Uh, you can wait uh, until there is a full prognosis what's going to happen to you and uh, then see what happens. My guess is, if I had to guess, is there was not much there, but I'm not a PI attorney either. So, okay. all right, that's where I would go with that. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it just happens and there is just no great way to go. Uh, it's just welcome to the world. And it used to be where you wouldn't think of suing anybody. It just happens. I mean, I broke my legs and arms so many times when I was a kid where uh, the jungle gyms were uh, were placed wrong. I once flew off a jungle gym, jumped, missed the sand, landed on the concrete, Uh, And it turned out that it was just incredibly poorly designed, that uh, the sand pit didn't go out far enough. Man, there's a lawsuit there. No one even thought of it. No one ever considered a lawsuit. All right. Uh, Let's talk about your security and how these cyber criminals uh, get into uh, insert name of anything here. Uh, You're talking about uh, cyber threats personal information being stolen, and uh, they can use uh, virtually any avenue to get in your devices and hack. I mean, it's astounding how easy it is for them to do that and how much at risk your identity is. So let me suggest uh, LifeLock. I've been a customer for so many years, and they protect you against identity theft. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Saved my daughter's rear end a few months ago. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business, but LifeLock. I am such a fan. I reckon them so highly. LifeLock can, can uncover threats that you will probably miss on your own. And believe me, if they ever do find that your identity has been stolen and they alert you and you're able to do something about it, that's when it becomes priceless, utterly priceless. So join, get 10% off your first year. Use the promo code HANDLE. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or go to LifeLock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is Handle on the Law. KFI Handle here. It is a uh, Saturday morning. Back we go. More Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Hey, Michael. Your turn. Yes, sir. Hi, Bill. Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. I have a quick question. I had a burglary in my property about two years ago. Congratulations. And uh, <laughs> Thanks. And, and, you know, I hired an attorney. After a year and a half, I received a letter. Why did, you, wait, wait, why did you hire an attorney, Michael, after burglary? Because the, the loss was a lot. And that wasn't something that I could have handled. Okay, so the law, there was an, okay, you hired an attorney to be, just to file a claim for you with the insurance company? That is correct. Okay, how how big a loss was it? Can I ask? $100,000. All right, that's a pretty good chunk of, uh, yeah, what what was it, personal items? Uh, Was it a commercial burglary? Uh, No, it was a personal, personal. It's inside the property, yes. What do you have that's worth $100,000, Michael? Let me get to the question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, good for you for answering that. Okay. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, after a year and a half, after doing everything, you know, sworn statement and, and all, you know, all, all jazz, I received a letter that saying that, you know, your claim has been uh, denied. And my attorney is insisting me to basically go ahead and sue the, sue the insurance company, which I think at this point that my lawyer is incompetent. And I want to just go ahead and find another attorney. That's so easy. My question, yeah, my question to you is, do I still have an, any any kind of obligation? No. You know, to the to lawyer? No. Lawyer? No. Unless there is a retainer agreement where he that he obtains a portion of the recovery. Uh, do you have anything like that? No, there's no such thing. Then you're fine. No. Then there's no further liability whatsoever. As a matter of fact, okay. if you've given the attorney a retainer, uh, the attorney may owe you money because uh, he or she has not done the work that the retainer covers. So you're fine. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got it. And uh, we're still never going to find out what it was. $100,000. Had to be something illicit. There, there had to be something there. I, I wish it were uh, something that I could talk about more. All right. Uh, Arlen. Yes. Oh, hi, Bill. Yes. Uh, I own half of a rental property, which is now fully paid. 
for 14 years, I paid my share of the expenses, and then I stopped because I can no longer afford it. And in 2016, I wrote letters uh, to him asking what he plans to do with the property. This is your this is your partner, right? Yes. Okay. And so I offered some options for him to do, like sell the property or buy me out. And he never responded. And last year, he told me I no longer have any claim on that property. Oh, you certainly do, Arlen. You still own half the property. So what are my rights? Well, your rights are, do you want to, so sell the property, force the sale. You have to do it with a lawsuit, Arlen. You're going to have to get, oh. a, you're going to have to get a lawyer to uh, have the court order the sale of the property if uh, your property partner is not interested. Yeah, he's not. He wants Okay, to you can fix. force it. Arlen, you can force the issue. I can't afford to hire a, a real estate attorney. Well, then you're going to have to talk to someone that is willing to do it as against uh, the proceeds of the property. That's a little bit more difficult to do oh. because you're asking a lawyer to wait. Uh, but if uh, title is good uh, and it looks like the money is coming in and, right. the, and the yeah. property has enough assets and he has a, he basically has a lien on the property, uh, you may be able to do it. So um, uh, check it out. Uh, you know, go, go to the website. Go to handleonthelaw.com and say yeah. we, we spoke. And that's always okay. good because most lawyers hang up on you uh, whenever you say, gee, I don't want to pay you. So uh, go ahead, uh, throw my name around. They may hang okay. up on you even sooner for all I know. But you should get some kind of a response. So it's handleonthelaw.com, okay? Thank you. All right, good okay. luck. I love that. You have no more rights to your property, even though your name is on title. I love it when someone can arbitrarily say that. Uh, no, it does not work that way. Uh, Sam. Hello, Sam. Hi there, Bill. Um, okay, I want to get to the, the facts of the matter here. Okay, I'm a uh, legal document assistant uh, preparing. I prepare, like, uh, you know, basic legal documents. Sure. My, special, my specialty are writs of execution, wage and garnishments, and bank levies. Fair enough. Uh, for small claims. Okay, I, uh, in about August of last year, uh, uh, another legal service company, Contracting me with an independent contract agreement and non-compete clause, uh, you know, to uh, assist their clients in, in doing these writs of execution. Okay, so a uh, a disagreement between myself and that that other company has arisen, and the other person is, you know, uh, basically saying that if if I try to do any business on my own, he's entitled to, you know, any any money I make. Oh, cetera, that's a crock. Oh, my, Sam, yeah. that, that's, a, that's such a crock. I know it is. Now, but the, the thing is, the, the uh, contract has the name of the legal service company, Inc. Well, on the Secretary of State, their their status has been suspended. Okay, so I, there's no so there's no... There is no contract that's invalid to begin with in place. That's that was my question. Yeah, you've got I a double you've got I... a double hit here where first of all the non-compete on its face is invalid. Uh, you cannot get hired by a company on a 1099 and then they say if you work for anybody else we get all your money. Uh, it doesn't work that way. You have the ability to quit anytime you want and uh, they can't enforce a non-compete. Now there are I certain think... non-compete clauses that in fact are valid. Uh, things like uh, you sell a business, and part of the sale is a non-compete clause, 
where you right. uh, stay out of the uh, industry for two years or three years. Exactly. And the ones that are in perpetuity, by the way, if those are unreasonable, those are invalid, too. That's why they never go for more than five years, for example. Uh, you, so so, the, so non-competes, particularly in California, are ridiculously unenforceable. So you've got nothing to worry about on both counts. Oh, I, really, I didn't really worry. I just wanted to make, you know, yeah. I, I, I told the guys that, our, that contract was null and void on its face right. when we signed into it. And if he says, so and, would, and what I would do is follow up with, please, please sue me to enforce the non-compete clause. I can always <laughs> use some more money. Exactly. Okay, you're fine. Uh, Joni. Hi, Joni. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Yes, ma'am. I have a question about uh, gifting a vehicle from a family member. Gifting a what? A vehicle? Is that what you said? Yes. All right. Um, From a family member that has been... incapacitated for about seven months. I am the directive, and I do have a free and clear title, but he didn't sign it over to me. All right, so it's a a free and clear title in his name, uh, but you have a directive uh, in terms of just his health, correct? Uh, Health and finance, durable. Okay. So because he hasn't signed the title over to me, um, you want to do it on yeah. your own? You want to sign title based on your power of attorney to yourself? Well, I'm not sure how to go about that because I don't How about not doing that? <laughs> You're no, so I, I you are so that. conflicted on that one, Joni. You're out of your mind. Why can't he sign title over? Because he's incapacitated. He can't write. He's on a ventilator. And all right, does all he Okay, stuff. let me uh, does he um is he lucid? He is lucid. Okay. Here's what I'm going to suggest you do uh, is uh, you, and I don't know how you go about it, but you want to get a notary uh, in there uh, to affirm that he agrees to the transfer and just get some kind of a signature or you know, grab his arm or whatever. Uh, so so there's an outside uh, independent source that can verify that is um, that it goes to you. Now, in the end, is there anybody going to fight it? Probably not. Uh, and he's probably you could probably transfer it to yourself, uh, but uh, I don't even know if they'll accept it. They probably would. Would so there's nobody else. I mean, it's not there's no huge will contest going on. Is are there family no. members? No, no. All right, no. then probably no one's no probably no one's going to tag you, Joni. No, I don't think anybody. Would All right, I mean, can or... you do it legally? Of course, you can do it legally. Because you have the power. Okay. The problem is doing it to yourself legally. Because the argument right. is, of course, that's self-serving and uh, you are taking advantage of a situation where you have a fiduciary duty to him. But, yeah, uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's a problem. Go ahead. Okay. Now, do I uh, pay a lot of money? On that's another issue. Probably not. What's the van worth, Joni? Uh, probably around 20 grand. Oh, Yes. You are going to be paying a sales tax on that or a use tax. Oh, okay. Be prepared for a two thousand dollar hit. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. All now right. you may want to say that it's worth a lot less than that. You want to go out and get it appraised for the lowest possible price. Okay. All right. Uh, because then, my uh, I'm my sorry. Understanding was that anything under thirty thousand that I probably would not have to pay. A I don't know. 
I don't I don't know the okay. answer to that. But the less if, okay. if if you don't, don't worry about it. But if you do, the lower the price, uh, obviously okay. the less the tax. A figure it's not a sales tax, it's not selling it, it's a gift. But there's a use tax equivalent to the sales tax. So go ahead. And I'm sure the guy doesn't want her to do that, but what the hell? Who's gonna catch her? This is handle on the law. And uh, good morning on a Saturday, right up until 11 o'clock this morning, followed by Leo Laporte. And then there is uh, the one and only Neil Saavedra with uh, the Fork Report. Also, a a quick one here. By the way, this is Handel, in case no one knows. Uh, Coming up on Thursday night, February 21, inviting you to join us at the morning show for an exclusive private event at Morongo Casino. It involves a hotel stay at Morongo that night. Uh, private cocktail party with me and the morning crew. Uh, hosted by a slot tournament and hosted by Wayne Resnick, Jennifer Jones Lee, producer Michelle. And there will be prizes and that's after the cocktail party. Uh, party. The next morning, uh, there is the live morning broadcast, which we never do or rarely do in front of people. And there'll be a uh, buffet breakfast also. So it's happening Thursday night, February 21st, and the next morning. And uh, there are only 50 packages available. So uh, everybody, of course, 50 plus one, uh, which means 100 people. That's it. We've never had an event that was that small. So uh, we're going to hang together. The price is 160 to $205 for two people. And that depends on the room. That's the differential in price. Call 888-MORONGO, 888-M-O-R-O-N-G-O, Morongo, and ask for Bill Handel's package. Uh, Yep, that's what they're calling it, Bill Handel's package. And I'm looking straight down, by the way. Uh, 888-MORONGO. All right, back we go. More Handel on the law. John, hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hey, Bill. I have a tenant's rights question. Yes, sir. So um, I rent a house in Los Angeles, been here for about 10 years, and recently our heater broke down, and uh, it's one of those floor um, older... Oh, yeah, the gravity heaters. I used to... Oh, those are great. I used to have one of those, Uh, and you can't get get parts for them when they break either. That's exactly right, and so they, you know, the the guy eventually came out to check it out, and uh, he said that the, the only option is to install central heating. Yep. So he went back to uh, the landlord, and um, and I got an email from the landlord uh, telling me that um, uh, that basically it's too expensive; he can't afford it, and that uh, the the rent that I pay is below market anyway. And that if I don't like it, I should just find another place to move. Okay. So my question is: Is this a dead end for me? Oh, no, how about staying know? there uh, for the rest of your life without a heater? And bringing in and bringing in your own space heaters and never paying rent because it's a habitability issue. He has to provide heating for you. He has to. That's the law. So what what, what do you recommend I do? I recommend that you let him know. Thanks very much. You won't be receiving any rent from me until uh, heat is established. Have a nice day. And what part of town is it, by the way? Uh, Silver Lake. Ah, and you, so you're right in the middle of rent control, and so uh, he's got. Even though it's a two, even though it's a single family house, doesn't matter. It's all rent control. Mm. Yep. So uh, he's got. He, it's time for him to either get a loan and put it in, or sell the place, or get a mortgage on it. But he's got to put in heat. 
He has no choice. Let him know. Say, thanks for the free rent. I appreciate it. And just a lot of sweaters, uh, warm blankets, electric blankets, and uh, don't pay rent. Isn't that special? Let me see. Okay, Michael. All right, let's try that. Hi, Michael. Hi, good morning. Yes, sir. I have a uh, storage room on a under 4,000 on a motorcycle that I've been storing. Okay, you, you, Michael, I'm barely understanding you. You have a what? I have a storage room. A storage room. Okay, all right. And? On a, on a, a motorcycle under 4,000. Uh, you know what, Michael? I, I, I can't hear you. The line is so bad. There's not much I can do about that. All right, Chris. Yes, hello, Bill. Yes. Uh, I have a, um, I have my VA uh, home loan uh, the eligible eligibility that I never used, and uh, now uh, a family member member wants to use it. Uh, what would be the pluses and minuses on something like that? Well, I think the minuses are he can't. Uh, that's a big minus. Really? Why not? Uh, because I think it's to veterans. As opposed oh. to veterans' families. That's my understanding of it. So that's for starters. Uh, now, you theoretically could buy one and hand it over to him, but I think uh, there's all kinds of rules and regulations. But, Chris, you know, that's uh, it's a drag when uh, something is for veterans only and whoever wants to use it is not a veteran. Right, I understand. Uh, wow, okay. Yeah, so okay. Congratulations. All right, Hans. Hello, Hans. Yes, Bill. sir. Yes, we have to do this quickly. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm in a, uh, a HUD apartment in West Hollywood. I've been here. Me and my partner have been here for a little over three months. I met the holder of the lease who was bad off in the rehab center. I was rehabbing for a, a leg amputation from Cedars, and we became fast friends. Wait, wait, wait. So you he, Wait, hold on a second. So you, yes. you had your leg removed. Yeah, yeah, and he was bad off too. So, so and he had his leg removed. So basically, no, no, the two of you just yeah. hold hands and you go down the street and each one on Actually, one leg. Well, you're- it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Close. 
he's actually bisexual, so you're getting close, my friend. Wow. Okay, this is oh, getting okay. good. This is a good story. All right. This is a juicy one. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, um, um, he gave me the keys to his flat, uh, and my partner stayed. You know, we, we, we tried to help him out as best as he could, but of course I'm in a wheelchair. Then he got transferred to uh, another hospital, and we've been here. And we got a notice from the landlord. Uh, the beginning of the month, we have 14 days to vacate on Valentine's Day of all time. Okay, and My favorite time of the right. year. So, so uh, you, uh, you uh, now, who has uh, the right to be there? Uh, at this point, who is given the right? The, the fellow, my friend in the hospital. Okay, and, he is. And then you've moved in uh, with the permission of the landlord or without? Without, no. All right, just, so, gave us, gave us all right, so, so you're in there. Through. Okay, yeah. so you're in there, and he said, get out, right? Yeah, he gave us 14 days. All right. Go, guess, but the thing is that I, I need to stay maybe another two weeks because okay. of the cold weather. I also right. had pneumonia and was admonished not to expose myself to all right. cold weather. So, oh, okay, so you have pneumonia and you have one leg. Yeah, yeah, and the leg still, it because I'm a 70-year-old great-grandfather, it oh, still hurts. Of course they're it does. Me, wow. They tell me you got another year maybe before it, I can get a, a, a peg leg and get yeah. on with my life. Well, uh, you know, you... Yeah. God, I, I hate to do this, but I always take the chance. I mean, I will never, ever, ever not take the chance to say, normally you'd have a case, but you don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Oy vey, help me. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I mean, I find myself amusing. I think you've got. I think you've. I, I think you've got a big issue here. Uh, we're legally. You know, I'm serious. I think you have a serious leg to stand on case. Uh, at this point, at this point, what you do have to do is uh, just beg and uh, tell the landlord, "Hey, just give me an extra couple weeks, please." Even if he does evict you, incidentally, it will be. It'll take him enough time, or you'll get the extra time, because at the end of the 14 days, then he has to start the lawsuit. All right. Uh, let me uh, tell you about uh, Norton uh, and Norton Secure VPNs. It's uh, fairly new in terms of me telling you about it. It's actually a new product. And this is all about public Wi-Fi because it's public. So when you go on there, of course, anybody can go on and steal your information. And all of a sudden, uh, everything you have is uh, available to everybody that is anywhere near that uh, Wi-Fi spot. So how do you still use it? And protect yourself. It's Norton Secure VPN. And what that is, is uh, it is a secure virtual private network. And it's uh, laptop, mobile devices, very easy to use. You install it, you log in once, and uh, Norton Secure VPN provides you with privacy and security. What it actually does is encrypt your connection. So you can still use uh, public Wi-Fi, but it becomes private Wi-Fi. So to get Norton Secure VPN, go to Norton.com slash VPN, starting at $3.33 a month with annual prescription a subscription. That's pretty inexpensive. So go to Norton.com slash VPN. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Terms apply. This is Handle on the Law. The law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Now, I was going to get a little wonky, uh, but this is right up my alley. 
when I was a law school professor. <laughs> Hard to believe, isn't it? I was Professor Handel. Yeah, go figure. Anyway, one of the cases that we were that I was studying in my class was something called wrongful life. And that is uh, if a doctor is negligent in, let's say, delivering a baby and the baby is anomalous, or let's say a doctor, in our case, a doctor was negligent in terms of the embryo or did something wrong and the baby came out anomalous. The baby came up really screwed up and had to have lifetime medical care, et cetera. The medical care part was fairly easy to sue the doctor on because the medical care was a cause of his or her negligence. Now, there was cause of action, tried to be sued, is wrongful life. My life is so miserable, and it's your negligence that caused me to be born, and therefore you ought to pay me because I'm better off dead or not alive than being alive with the problems I have. And the court said, no, 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 no. We're not going to get into a metaphysical issue is that no life is better than a life that's all screwed up, that has all kinds of medical situations. So that was blown out of the water. All right, that's called a wrongful life cause of action, which courts courts have never allowed. But there is a case out of India uh, that I had to share with you. And a guy by the name of Raphael Samuel had a great relationship with his parents, but he said... And he's suing his parents for giving birth to him without his consent, which is kind of interesting. And he has compared having children to kidnapping and slavery. What he is is an anti-natalist who believes putting an unwilling child through the rigmarole of life for the pleasure of the parents is something the child can sue for. And the argument is, you didn't put me on this earth for my purposes, for my interests, You put me on this earth because of what you wanted. That's the issue. So my life has been amazing. He even argues that his life is great. But he said, I don't see why anybody should put another life through school and finding a career, especially when they didn't even ask to exist. Now, you talk about a metaphysical issue. How nuts is this, huh? Uh, I'm fine with you. I love you. But, you know... You didn't do this with my cons- without my consent. Of course, the argument is there's no one to ask consent uh, if you're not there yet. But that is a small uh, problem as far as they're concerned. Uh, incidentally, uh, the uh, he runs a Facebook page called the Nyaland or Nyahiland. Okay, I pronounce that, which has hundreds of followers, and this is anti-natalist material. And oh, one. Image uh, says parents are hypocrites. A good parent puts the child above it, it uh, above his wants or needs, but the child itself is a want of the parent. Okay, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. There's your legal argument. You didn't give my consent, even though I wasn't around. Oh yes, life is wonderful. This is why uh, one of the reasons I love the law because lawyers come up with the most crazy ass causes of action that you have ever heard in your life. You know, one of my favorite is uh, someone throwing themselves, killing his parents, right, murdering both of them horribly, and then throwing himself on the on the mercy of the court because he's an orphan now. Uh, it's pretty crazy stuff. All right, let's take some phone calls. Hi, Harold. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Yes, uh, sir. We hired a ter- uh, termite company to come in and we. We gave him the keys, 
They tented the place, and we left. Three days later, we came back in. We were robbed. I mean, they really went through the house. Three televisions, my Navy discharge, purses, jewelry, the whole work. Mm. What's my recourse? Well, your recourse is to, first of all, uh, file an insurance claim. I'm assuming you have homeowner's insurance, correct? Yes. All right. That is, uh, at least you know you're covered. And then they will probably turn around and go against the termite company. I find it kind of interesting that uh, they came in and robbed the place because what ends up happening is as soon as the tenting is up and they start pumping the gas in, it is so lethal, Harold, that anybody walking in there would last 30 seconds. Uh, and then they should have they had a guard. No, they don't do that. They don't do that. No, it would it would be prohibitive to have a guard there twenty four hours a day for three days. It would uh, it would just raise the cost of this thing thousands of dollars. But that's not the point. The point is, it still happened under their watch, and it's uh, in the end they're going to be held responsible, even though they say we're not responsible. And uh, you're the ones that left it, but you gave us the key. It, it's time for you to turn it into your own insurance, uh, homeowners insurance policy, and let them deal with it. This is one of the reasons you have homeowner's policy, is exactly under these circumstances. So get your money from them, and uh, the only problem you're going to have is, is proving that that's the stuff that got stolen. Because you're going to they say, well, you're not going to get it. How do, you get a re- how do you get a receipt for a television that's five years old? Give me a break. Right. And, how, and what receipt do they have for, when did you get a receipt for your discharge papers? That's correct. Yeah, so you have to negotiate with them, that's all. And it's a quite, and then the question of what's the value of discharge papers? See, televisions are easy to replace because they can say, "No, we need a receipt." And if they say, "No, you, you fine," you file a lawsuit against them, and uh, you simply go in front of the court and go, "Your Honor, I don't keep a receipt. I don't keep receipts for something I bought two years ago. I don't keep the boxes. I don't keep receipts. It was perfectly fine. No, nobody in their right mind is going to keep a receipt that long. So uh, that's going to be an easy one." Uh, the tougher lawsuit, one it, lawsuit against the insurance company. No, you put in a claim. Yeah, if the insurance, absolutely. If the insurance company won't pay you, Harold, your own insurance company, you damn right you put a lawsuit against them because they've breached their contract with you to insure you. Now, what I would do is sue both them and I would sue uh, the termite company. I'd sue both of them. Let a judge figure it out. How much stuff do you think is missing? If you had to add up what was stolen, how much uh, would it be in terms of dollars? Probably $20,000. Okay. There were expensive purses, televisions, and uh, uh, stuff that I can't replace. Yeah, I know. Here's the problem you have. Expensive purses. What does that mean? You there? Well, it means money to replace right. it. Uh, how much is, uh, well, it was a used purse, but how much, uh, for example, what did you spend on a purse? What kind was it? Well, she had a $2,000 purse. It was $2,000. I mean, that's a lot. That I would ask for a receipt for. How, when was that purchased? Two. Two. Well, uh, it was from the Philippines. And how do you prove, well, $2,000 for a purse from the Philippines? Yeah. That is going to be yes. an, that's going to be an issue of proof more than anything else. Uh, that's going, that part is tough. That is always tough when you have stuff that is really expensive. Uh, then there have not a receipt, some kind of proof 
uh, that it was a two thousand dollar purse from uh, from the Philippines. Because in reality, is why not? It's why why not it be five thousand dollars or eight thousand dollars? Well, uh, do you have any proof? No, but that's where I, I bought it. You see the problem with that? Uh, it's a big problem. This is handle on the law. From the black to the blue to black, black and white. This is KFI AM 640, more stimulating talk. Handle Saturday morning. Welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. Chris. Hey, Chris, you're up. Go ahead, Hi, Chris. Uh, what can quick, I do for you? I've got a quick question about um, about trademarks. I, have, I registered a domain name a few years back, and a couple of years after that, Someone in a uh, someone uh, in another state opened a record label company under the same name. Who has the rights to the name? You probably you're talking about a donate. Uh, you mean on the internet, the domain name, or the right in general? Uh, both. Well, the domain name is easy if you own the domain name, and that is you go through those folks at ICANN. I think is the organization that controls that, and uh, they will uh, issue an uh, order saying you cannot use that name. For example. Uh, I, I think I have a handleonthelaw.com, and someone came right. up with thehandleonthelaw.com or Bill Handle, uh, BillHandleOnTheLaw.com. We had all those removed, and they were, they were legal referral sites. And so we were okay. able to get those removed almost instantly. Now, as far as uh, the trademark is concerned, if it's a generic name, for example, Acme Legal Services, right, and someone opens up Acme uh, plumbing services. Uh, there really is, there's no confusion there. There really isn't. Right. So you wouldn't have much to go. So if you're talking about a company in another state, and it depends on the kind of business that you do. If you're an international company, if you're a now, for example, I can't open up Coca-Cola uh, and use the name under any circumstances because uh, it is, uh, it's so well protected. Incidentally, the only reason it's so well protected is they'll sue me. <laughs> and that's yeah. really why I can't. Otherwise, uh, frankly, if you own Coca-Cola and I wanted to open up a company that does Coca-Cola uh, plumbing again or Coca-Cola uh, Internet services or, or whatever, uh, you know what? I could do it. And what are you going to do about it? So what business is it that's using your domain name or excuse me, your, your copyrighted name in another state? Is it a different business? It's a different type of business. Yeah. We're yeah. doing software and they're doing uh, record labels. Yeah, I don't think you're. Uh, I, I think there's got to be any. There's not going to be any confusion. As a matter of fact, I'm going to argue they're going to help you with your name. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. Hey, your name. Who was it that said? Uh, uh, you know, even bad publicity is good publicity as long as your name is being out there. Well, not quite. I don't know if I agree with that. Hello, Harolyn. Is that right, Harolyn? Yes. Well, that's is. great. Hi, Mr. Handel. That's great. As Harolyn, like Harold, except uh, L Y N. I like it. What can I do for you, Harolyn? My name is Harold. Yes. Uh, the problem is, uh, my mom is going to do a quick sell on her home, but filling out the papers, it said she has to fill out a hardship letter. Okay. She's 85 years old. She's going to a senior facility. She can't pay the mortgage on the home Got and it. the senior facility. All right. So will they not do it because it's not a hardship thing? Well, no, just fill out the letter. If that's one of the requirements, you fill it out, Harolyn. It doesn't change anything. Okay, but it's not hardship. It doesn't matter. Fill out a hardship oh. letter and argue that it is a hardship. 
Say if I pay the mortgage, I can't. I can't afford it. I can't eat, and I have uh, no one to take care of me. I have no one to change my diapers. Uh, uh, no, just fill fill out the form, and then then worry about it later. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Hey, Mike. You're hey, up. How you doing? Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, little nervous here, first time caller. I listen to your show all the time. It's fantastic. Yes, it is. You're uh, right. So what, here, here, go ahead. What's your question? <laughs> Here I am. I, there's two questions to the story. Um, well, I, first off, I got arrested a couple of well, a while back, and my landlady, here's, here's what happened. My landlady walked in with three police and um, no search warrant. Apparently, she had gone through my property and found some uh, illegal substances. I was in my residence at the time, and that's when the police came in and actually searched my property. I I, I suspect that it, it looks fishy to me. I go, you guys don't have permission. I, I know somewhat of, of the legalities of, of, of tenant rights, and she had no right to go through my things and had no right to bring police into my things. Um, so I said, you know, please leave my residence. I was very calm, cool, collective, um, but they refused to. They used the fact that they were they felt unsafe in, in the house to go through my things, and um, therefore they found what they were looking for, and I got arrested. Say, well, they wait, wait, wait. They you, they said they felt unsafe and therefore they searched. Correct. And is that on the police report? I, I have not seen the police report. Yeah, you better. I, yeah, there's uh, not much we can do until you see that police report because at this point, okay. uh, at, at this point, uh, there is uh, nothing you can do. They're going to have to show. They're going to say we saw something. Uh, it appeared uh, that the landlady pointed something out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. There's a weapon in there or something uh, before you start yep. arguing uh, in illegal search and seizure or not having probable cause. So uh, we, right. you have to wait until that happens. Uh, and so uh, For my knowledge, for my knowledge I, I think she told them that um, there was something illegal substance. Not, right, not no, I get it. But, from your, but I got to tell you, from your knowledge, it doesn't mean anything. It's what she right. said to the cops. It's here are the important aspects of this. What she said, what the cops did inside the house, What's the reason they did the search? 
that it should be noted that you said, no, I am not allowing a search. Correct. I am not allowing a search. And uh, that then, then it plays out. You have to see what the police record uh, says at that point. Right. So you're a little um, premature there. Uh, there's uh, really no place uh, to go on this. Hey, John, you're up. Welcome. Hi. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you, how long does the bad uh, collection stay on your credit report? Theoretically, seven years, uh, but they have a, a delightful way of kicking it uh, for another five years or three years until you start screaming at them. But the the answer is technically, legally, seven years. And do you still owe the debt after, after it comes up? No, you don't. Well, you owe the debt, but they can't do anything about it after four years, John, because you have a statute of limitations. Unless you're dumb enough to say, I owe the debt, send in a payment, affirm it, then it, then the four-year statute kicks in again. Oh, boy. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. And if they're going to say, gee, just send in uh, $5 to show good faith, do not do that. So- so don't do anything. Leave it alone. It'll yep. go away eventually, and I can uh, maybe uh, apply for a home loan. And yeah, eventually. Sure. Eventually you can. Got, Absolutely. I, I, just, I, I, I just got to call uh, uh, the credit report bureaus and just keep telling them to take it off. Well, after seven years, you do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool. This is Handle on the Law. More stimulating talk. Bill Handel here. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Steve, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Bill. Go ahead. Oh, hey, pleasure uh, talking with you. Thanks for taking the call. Sure. Anyways, I I had a question. Um, I own a uh, transportation company, and I got a contract with a broker that. Uh, Here's the contracts, and then I become a subcontractor of the uh, of the broker. These guys decided, and, and just so you know, we're talking six figure income with this uh, broker. These guys decided to uh, uh, spin a comment that was made over over the phone with when the customer service got over to their director of operations. Uh, that guy decided he was going to suspend or terminate the contract based on that information. They were never able to prove what was said. And um, and so, meanwhile, uh, it, it was uh, brought to the attention of of the director of operations, his supervisor, and they took six months to to investigate it. They came up with nothing. Decided that uh, they were just going to pass it on like nothing happened. But meanwhile, I lost, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, because uh, I get it. Based on based on uh, a piece of hearsay that uh, they terminated your contract. Well, let's talk about your contract. What is, does the contract say uh, that you may not be terminated at will, for example? That's what you, have, that's what you have to read. You have to read the contract. Right. I, I mean, their, their contract's extensive. They just redo it. I mean, it, it's hundreds of pages. I understand, but, you, but unfortunately you have to read it because the terms of that contract are going to control. And you can't just throw it at me and say, here's what they did to me. Well, if they're allowed to do it, for example, if there's language in there, we can terminate a contract uh, under any circumstances. Did they terminate? Did they not renew? Uh, was it in the middle of the contract that it was terminated, Steve? Yes, it's in the middle. middle All right, of the contract. Yep. and you have to find out on what grounds they're able to terminate. 
well, the, the contract was never terminated. It was just one person wanting to exercise their authority. And do they have um, the authority? Do they have the authority under the contract to do that? Absolutely not. He All right, then you have, then that's a different. If they don't have the authority to do that and there's a breach of a contract and you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, you get to find yourself a business lawyer that's going to sue them. Okay. It's just that Even simple. Though- it's not It's not very complicated. and That's what you have. Right. And the only issue becomes... Is there an attorney's clause uh, in the uh, contract? Probably there is for right. a prevailing party. Is an attorney right. going to do this on contingency? No. You're probably going to have to pay the attorney. So you're going to be into it several thousands of dollars, maybe tens of thousands of dollars to get your money back. Right. Well, we're de- I'm dealing with a really, really big broker. I, no, mean, I understand they, they, they it, but it doesn't. Control. But in the end, if the contract is clear cut, yeah. uh, you're in good shape. And if it's hand- hundreds of pages, that helps you out. Right, I'm gonna have to. I mean, it's a lot of pages. I mean, I'm pretty sure I just kind of get lost in it. Yeah, that, and that's and not... that's the problem. Now, what I would do is I would read it very, very carefully, because you're going to be paying a lawyer thousands of dollars to read the contract. So, as much okay. as as the more information you can give the lawyer, for example, you say, "Hey, page uh, 46. If you look at paragraph three, here's what is said, and I think this may be important." Okay. Yeah. One more, one last thing. Yeah. Uh, the contract was actually never terminated because the manager, the the, uh, the, the um, supervisor of the op- director of operations, they told me that they didn't have the authority to terminate my contract, so I had nothing to worry about. So who it. has but the authority? Who has the authority to terminate your contract? I, I guess the. I'm not actually sure. Well, then that doesn't do me. Then that doesn't do me any good. You know how, what does it say? I don't know. Uh, who has the authority? I don't know. Uh, what do you do with that? Thanks for the call. Jeez. Jim. Hello, Jim. Hi. Yes. I inherited uh, a little more than $2 million. That's a good thing. Ago. You know that, don't you? I do. I do. Okay. Inher- inherited it from a family friend, and a medical foundation was also named to inherit a portion of it if the founding doctor was still alive and involved with the foundation. He was in his 90s. And uh, the trustee attorney who, who uh, was taking care of this trust tried to locate the doctor in the foundation. His office tried to locate him. They couldn't, so they came to me and they said, this is all yours. And they distributed the assets to me. I have since invested them, spent them, lent them, et cetera. So last spring or summer, I got a call out of the blue from an attorney representative for the foundation wanting to know if I was the trustee. And I said, no, there's an attorney. And so they wanted the attorney's information, which I gave to his office, and then he contacted the attorney. The attorney said, well, you you need to prove that the doctor's alive. We've tried to find him. We can't. We haven't been able to. And the uh, the attorney for the foundation said, "No, we don't. We don't have to do anything." Oh yes, they do. Over. Of course, they do. So, so I mean, basically, oh, that yeah. that happened three times in conversations. Well, they never they were belligerent on the phone, according to the trustee. And the trustee told me, "He said you have nothing to worry about." Right. Worry That's about what it. I would say. So now, what's happening? So now, last month, they filed an action in uh, court. Yeah. Uh, against the trustee, not yeah. against me. They didn't name me, but against the trustee, basically that he was didn't you know fulfill his fiduciary right. responsibilities, and that uh, they want him to to go after me to get their portion back, et cetera. So, the one principle we we thought of might work, at least from my point of view, would be latches. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, I am, principle. but I, I but uh, you know that is one. But how about this? 
Uh, we couldn't find him. You don't even know if he's alive. Right there, it stops him. Right. Yeah, so you have nothing to worry about. I agree. And what they're doing, they're simply filing a lawsuit. It's extortion is all it is. They're trying to get some money. Well, they say he is alive. And well, then good. Then have him, you know what? Help. Then have him produce. Not yeah. only is he alive, that he's still involved in the foundation. Remember, both you, from what you said, both terms have to be fulfilled, alive and still involved. Yep. yep. There, well, there you are. So, so good. Yeah, so, so you're fine. Yeah, let them. Uh, it's extortion. That's, that's what happens three quarters of the time under these circumstances. And uh, interestingly enough, these foundations, uh, these charities can get very, very aggressive. And not many people know that, but it, uh, it, it's true. It's, those are wild cases. Uh, hello, Josh. Welcome to hey, Handle Bill. on the Law. What can I do for you? Uh, my wife uh, had a foreclosure approximately seven years ago. And it was a wrongful foreclosure. She sued the bank and won, and they paid her money for it. But her foreclosure is still on her credit score, and we're now trying to buy a house, and it's hurting us. Any ideas of what we can yeah, do? Yeah, you, you simply have to let the credit card, uh, the, the reporting company, know uh, that it was a wrongful foreclosure. Now, that was that a du- judicial t- uh, determination that it was a wrongful foreclosure, or did they yes. settle? I don't know. I, I know she went to court for it, and the judge said, yes, they foreclosed on you without being able to short sell. Because they had the house sold in a short sell. All right. And so what they're saying is that the foreclosure in and of itself was uh, wrongful. It was an illegal foreclosure, effectively, correct? Correct. All right. Then uh, what you do is there is a document that says that, a court document that you have to pull from the records and send it to the quarter, uh, the credit reporting agency. He said, you have to remove this now. Okay. That's number one. Uh, and it still may take them 60 days to do that. In the meantime, uh, you go to the lender who is saying no and say, if it is this foreclosure that's screwing us up and everything else is okay, look at this judicial determination. This is simply wrong and do not include that in my credit score. Okay. Because other than that, I mean, they still say no. You know, any lender has the right to say no under any circumstances. They don't. It doesn't matter. Right. Uh, it's a business. Right. But uh, if you're a good risk, I don't know why they would ever do that. And uh, okay. this proves you're a good risk. So uh, those are the two things I would do. And then you get very aggressive with a credit reporting agency. Now, uh, they will say it takes us 60 days to process it or 30 days. Uh, that's legitimate because you have to go through a lot of hurdles. There's probably uh, many steps that has to be done because they're very big and they are. Uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy going on in there. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. Bill Handle here on a Saturday morning. Welcome back. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right, Deborah, you're on Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Hi. Um, my daughter heard her singer in a restaurant, um, and the chair that she was sitting in collapsed. And so we took her to the emergency room thinking her finger was broken, and you know how much that cost. So my insurance paid for most of it, and about $750 was left. I asked the restaurant owner if she would cover the rest of that, and she said, of course, and asked me if she could send it directly to the hospital from the bill I gave her. 
She never sent it. All right. I checked. Okay, then, that's easy. Um, you can I, stop. You can stop right there. Just just file a small claim suit for seven hundred fifty dollars, and uh, okay. you're going to get your seven fifty. I mean, there the, no judge is going to say no to that. And also, you're going to get your cost back, and uh, that means your service, the uh, cost of filing. So that's an easy one. Uh, I don't even. Okay. I don't even have to go farther than that. Uh, that's not bad. Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Big fan of the show. How are you doing? Uh, of course you are. Okay. What can I do for you? Okay. Uh, approximately a year ago, my girlfriend went into a Target, and she loaded up her cart with quite a few things, and she her phone died. So she went to go out to the car to charge her phone, wasn't using her brain, and she still had the cart with her. She did not exit the store, but she did pass the you know the point where you pay. Five guys grabbed her, literally picked her up off her feet, and threw her into a room. And as they were going through all the merchandise, they she said they were double scanning stuff, and it ended up coming out to over a thousand dollars. Of course, that's a felony call. And she said there was no way she had a thousand dollars worth of stuff. My my main point is is does she have a like a civil case? Uh, no, I, I, I don't. Like I don't think so. Uh, she does have a case to reduce it under five hundred dollars, hopefully, uh, because they have. Well, it, that's not, that's already been done. Unfortunately, she wouldn't let me pay for an attorney, and she just pled guilty to petty theft and took her fifteen days in Caltrans and moved on. Okay, so what? What are you going to say? So it's a misdemeanor. That's fine. So that's not a problem. Now, what is she going to sue them for? For being roughed up. I mean, can you can you do that to somebody? Well, what does that mean, being roughed up? Uh, what exactly do they do in terms of being roughed up? They knocked her off her feet, so they tackled her. She was on. Her Whoa! Feet, in front, they, they in 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 the store, they knocked her off her feet and tackled her. In, in the store. And are there witnesses to that? And I'm assuming there's a video to that. I'm sure there is. Well, yeah, that's worth. You know, yeah, that's worth talking to an attorney. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then when they went out to her car, and of course her little phone charger was there, and you know, her story lined up and everything, and they, she said it looked like they were feeling bad at that point. Well, it, that doesn't matter whether they were feeling bad or not, because believe yeah, me, that's not yeah. gonna that's not gonna come up in court. But let me ask you this again: They tackled her in the store, not merely, the ma'am, store. would you stop? They tackled her and and put her to the ground. Yes. Wow. Well, that's gonna be and an interesting her one. Off her feet. Okay, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I talked to a lawyer about that one, uh, the video. And if there isn't a video, uh, which it may disappear, that gets a little problematic also. Huh. Oh, what else do we have here? Uh, Wendy. There you are, Wendy. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, Mr. Handle. Yes, I'm ma'am. I'm calling about the, uh, in my insurance company. I have a PPO insurance company which entitles me to visit any doctor that I choose, and and they will pay 80% of my coverage unless it's a doctor that's out of their network. I went to a chiropractor. Wait a minute. Any do- hold, hold on. Any doctor you choose unless it's out of your network. It's one of the two. It's either you no, have... I'm- okay, I'm missing something. Are you saying uh, you have a PPO that gets you, lets you go to any doctor within the network, Correct. Yes. And then they'll pay 80%. Yes. Got it. Okay, so it's not any doctor you choose. It's any doctor you choose inside the network. 
I can see doctors outside of the network. They just pay a smaller percentage. Right. I get that. I understand. But okay. Uh, oh, I just wanted okay. to clear that up. Yes. Okay. So I I went to a chiropractor, and because they changed their policy and decided another company is going to handle all their chiropractor business, they refuse to pay any of it. All right. So and did I, they, okay. Hold on. Let me throw another question at you. Were you informed of that? No. Then they can't do that. In addition to, I contacted the insurance company and told them what the issues were, and so they accepted my claim, and they were to notify the other company, and the other company was to reimburse me. But when they reimbursed me, it was pennies. All right, you just sue your PPO, that's all, for the entire amount that's owed. It's that simple. Minus 20%. Whatever the amount How is, owed, I... you sue your, you sue the PPO. That's all. It's real simple. You get the address, you file a small claim scoot, and you sue them. Okay. That's it. Real simple. I get a lot of small claims questions. You know, in the end, when you have these matters, oh, they didn't pay this, they didn't pay that, when there's clearly an obligation, where else are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? This is Handle on the Law. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.